Yo, what's up? This is Jamie Kennedy, and you're listening to The Vocal Minority. <laughs> Do it up. This is The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. This is your chance to get vocal. Children, I wish to announce that our show has undergone a reformatting. Let's get ready to listen quietly. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? The vocal minority. Guys, guys, guys. we could listen to the radio or something the vocal minority with nick and steve radio <laughs> who needs a radio great heavens what kind of radio show is this this is the vocal minority with nick and steve welcome to the vocal minority y'all with nick and steve holla brewski it's time for another brewski this one is a crazy brewski. Let's hope not, dude. Things Weird things happen. Bad things happen when we get a crazy brewski. That's the only brewski we know and love. A little crazy. But uh, I think you're only normal if you're a little crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, we're all a little crazy. Let's be honest. I don't want to single you out, brewski. I mean, no, I'm, I'm okay with that. That's fine. We're not sane people ourselves. So, no, if you've ever listened to the show, there's clearly mental health issues going on. <laughs> yeah. That's, a, yeah. That's Instead of seeking professional late. help, we just come on the airwaves here and vent to you, the audience. And we appreciate that. So, that is the kind of program this is. Uh, you'll hear personal stories from the vocal minority. Of course, we talk about the big topics of the day, entertainment, political uh, talk. I mean, we do it all here on the vocal minority. It's human interest. It's pop culture. It's society. It's uh, holding up a mirror and then doing a line of blow off of it. <laughs> you said that <laughs> much more eloquently speaking. than I did. Oh, thank you. Yeah. We're full service you know. all the way. Full service. Yeah, we're right. here for you, so, yes. And, uh, yeah, you know, find us on uh, the website, thevocalminority.net. Find us on the social medias, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah. help spread the goddamn word. If you're listening to the show, you're not telling enough people. Okay. <laughs> I put that on you, not on us. So you, the listener, <laughs> tell yeah, someone. Keep, keep telling people, dude. We are spreading. Did we get any new listeners uh, that you could tell from this week? Or is it too early to chat about yeah, that? No, we got a couple. And um, maybe this is people uh, helping to uh, spread the word. Because yeah. we have another listener in Atlanta, Georgia. We continue right. to do well down there at Atlanta. Very nice. And again, this is just observational. It's not anything else. Facebook, we continue to do well with African-Americans. I don't know why, but they seem to be liking us. So We always say, welcome one, welcome all. We mean it. Exactly. The vocal minority is not a uh, reference to ethnicity. It's a reference to the people out there in the, the comments section or phoning in or that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, so we What um, is the vocal minority? I'm just trying to be clear. Yeah, we're, we've been trying to figure it out. It used to refer to the people that called in at the radio station, you know, the, the minority of the audience that would call in. But now it's it's really the comment section and people on the socials. So. We got the name of this show. I don't know if Brisky knows this story, but uh, one of our old uh, Steve and I's old bosses, uh, I think we were in a meeting and he said something and Steve's ears kind of perked up and he was like, yeah, the vocal minority. Yeah, what do you think about that? I was like, yeah, I dig that. You know who it was? Oh, I know who it was. <laughs> you do? You remember? Of course. Yeah. I mean, it's a good thing to ever come from, uh, from that. Dave, Dave Ross? 
No. Jay Kelly. Jay Kelly. Oh. <laughs> the, oh, he's probably the worst person. I mean, he would not have wanted to name this show. And no. he did unknowingly. Well, he uh, eventually ended up trying to completely derail and sabotage the show. So, yeah, it's a little ironic that he gave us the idea for the show. But yeah. he was talking about uh, callers calling in and requesting some obscure song. And he's like, listen, you can't let this guy request the B-side of Frank Zappa. Like, he'll love it, but everyone else will hate it. And you have to understand, the majority of people will never call in, but the minority do. And they're a very vocal minority, and you can't let them run the radio station. They're a very loud, vocal minority if they just don't seem to be able to do anything else with their lives. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's true, so, right? We gave them a platform to call I in. See, go ahead and run the radio station for a couple hours. Tell yeah. us I see what you're doing there, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're doing, Steven. Exactly. Building a career off of your uh, <laughs> casual mention. So, uh, Chris so, yeah. Elliott. If anyone doesn't realize it, that this guy we're talking about looks like Chris Elliott. He does. He does. And that's probably not a compliment. Chris Elliott's not exactly a male model. So. No, but he's funny. Unlike Jay Kelly. <laughs> he's funny, though. So uh, I've been called Chris Elliott before, and I took a, I took great offense to it. I was like, no, what are you talking about? First of all, I'm a big boy, so I don't. Chris Elliott looks like he's suffering from the AIDS virus or something like that, you know, or cancer or something. I mean, he's yeah. uber skinny. No, that's fair. And then uh, the other one I get uh, from time to time is Kevin James. And I'm like, mm, I guess I see it a little more, but not really. I mean, we're both fat. Maybe, I mean, maybe that's it. I don't know. I don't think you look like either of those dudes. You've got the humor of both, but. Uh, oh, that's nice. That's nice to say that. Well, when I was selling cars in Tacoma, um, they took to calling me Drew Carey. So much so that they would page me to the sales manager's office by that name. Drew, come to the sales office, please. Come to the sales office for your deal. Drew. That is so funny. It's got to be the horn rim glasses. glasses But I I had the short haircut and I'm wearing my suit at the time, too, because I'm selling cars. And so, yeah. Yeah, that's good. At least people are saying we look like funny people, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, the the one person everyone always told me I look like, uh, no one knows who he is anymore. It's Eric Stoltz. You remember who he is? Uh, sure. He was what? in Pulp Fiction. He was in Singles. But he was a redheaded, skinny white. Mask. Yeah. yeah, he was in Mask. I mean, I wouldn't take that as a compliment. Maybe the that's mask. What they <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the more Pulp Fiction hair with dealer <laughs> version of Eric some Stoltz. Kind of, so. He was in some kind of wonderful uh he was are you dying brewski you okay just swallow run <laughs> you should spit um, don't swallow i prefer swallow but you know. i'm all about recycling <laughs> you prefer swallowing having it done or doing it uh, well i prefer having it done yes <clears throat> i haven't tried the other way around maybe i'll stop by a truck stop one of these nights and see how it goes so. here's something for you to think about and consider please and in this day and age as we become a more progressive people by majority, yeah. I would say that uh, when I was uh, when I delivered pizzas in my adulthood, like I was a 45 year old man delivering pizzas at one point. <clears throat> yeah. All those kids that I worked with, it seemed even the straight ones, even the straight boys had a much easier time experimenting with blowjobs and other things that I in my youth would have never considered just because I don't have an interest <laughs> and I wouldn't consider it now. I don't know if experimenting falls under or blowjobs fall under the experimenting umbrella. 
Well, I mean, uh, if you are wagering, if you are teetering of, yeah. of, of, with your sexuality, I mean, don't you have to try it to see if it turns you on or to see if you like it? I, I suppose if you're on the fence, but then <clears throat> you're by curious. So that would be it. Well, Boomer, here's a question, though. What if you're is it receiving only or giving too? because? Well, there's shades of uh, gayness in there, I would think you. It's obviously 10 shades darker if you're giving than receiving. Okay. Nothing's wrong with any of this, by the way. No, 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 no. no. I'm just, I'm just I'm curious. Just saying, like, what, if you're blowing a dude, like that's in the gay category. It, it is. No, but I think Webster's has a picture of that under <laughs> definitions. If I blow a guy. And then I decide that I just want women for the rest of my life. Do I have to identify as gay or bi? You know, no. If you're like 15, probably not. If you're 38, probably. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a window in life for experimenting and trying things. And then there's much later in life. And then I think you're probably just either bi or gay and in denial. Yeah. See, I, 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 di- I disagree with you on that. Please share, please. I'm I'm actually <laughs> curious about this. I mean, it's a, it's an interesting topic to think about. You know, sometimes, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yes. In order to to get one thing, you got to let other things happen to you. Okay. Like, <laughs> expand, let's, please. Let's just say, I, with, I already think I know where you're going with this, dude. With let's just say there's the a there's a hot there's a hot chick that you want to bang. Yeah. Sure. But she will only bang you if her husband can watch and maybe blow you a little bit. Oh, so like during a threesome, the woman might want to see you with her uh, male counter. No, no, no. Them together, like them together working on you. Okay. All right. I'm getting it now. You got to be you got to be okay with that if you want to be able to bang her. Okay. So if imagine that this happened to somebody we knew, would they like it or did they decide it was worth it for the trade off or I'll never do that again? Hmm. Well, let's just say that when one person was doing uh, was speaking into the microphone, uh, things weren't going well. And then when it got passed over to the other person, all of a sudden things perked up again. Right. Okay. No, I get it. And I guess that's what I mean. Like I've never thought to, I've never thought to be able to do that, but I think it is, I think it's a, on what much wider spectrum than I ever imagined that it was. I was going to say that opens up my uh, shades of gray a little wider. When you have a woman involved now, it becomes a little more ambiguous. So yeah. I, I would concur with that scenario that there's, I don't even know in that scenario if it matters what the shades of gayness are per se. That's just uh, that's just humans being humans and having a good time together. If it's you and a dude in a truck stop, then that's at a little bit different spectrum. Different. So you know, yeah, it's it's a do it like they do it on the Discovery Channel was a great hit for a reason, dude. Because you know what, there are gay animals. There are animals who just want to get off and don't care what it is. Well, I mean, we're animals, dude. And when the lights are down low, who knows? Who knows who's doing what? (laughs) You know, I will tell you that uh, my cousin at one point in my life, uh, this is a 16 year old Nikki. I was a little drunk. I may have passed out. My cousin may have 
stuck a banana in my mouth and then hit it when I woke up and had his dick in my face. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that may just, have happened at some point. That's just good comedy right there. I don't know if we need to label that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to label anything, I suppose, gents. No, but well, uh, you know, I remember uh, the the great philosopher Creed Bratton. Sure. Uh, of the grassroots and office fame. That's right. Yes. He once uh, said uh, that I was amongst naked people, a whole pile of naked people at Woodstock. And I made love to a great many of them. Some of them might be men. Some of them may have been women. But we were all one big pile of humanity. Right. <laughs> I remember it well. I can respect that. So. <laughs> Um, I do want to comment on everyone's appearances today, but should I finish our, our new list or because uh, we're uh, finish it off quickly? Yes. Okay. Um, let's see. So Atlanta, Georgia, new listener there, uh, Lexington, Kentucky came on the map. So call us right. time. That's good. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's grassroots sort of people. Speaking of that, so and I believe the Harness family has roots in Kentucky. That's I think where my family first came here. So really, yeah, that's what uh, that's what my research has shown. Have you shied away from 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 that fact for some reason? No, no, it just it's never come up. I have German Scottish heritage and believe the original harnesses on my wing came through uh, Kentucky. And do you know when I found that out? Actually, <clears throat> no. We had a a porn star slash nude model on the vocal minority years ago named September Harness, and that yes. was her real name. And we were related. And I did a little research because she said her family originated in Kentucky. And I called my dad and asked him. And he had mentioned, no, I think actually our family originated in Kentucky. And so, yeah, so we, uh, we interviewed this, uh, this beautiful, uh, you know, porn star model stripper lady <laughs> in the Harness family. And that's, that's where I got that from. How did you find out you were related? Did you take a DNA test or something? Well, it's a rare name, and if uh, there's only one branch of the harnesses that would have come through Kentucky, so we just had to assume that uh, yeah. be too big of a coincidence. So, so yeah, I don't know how old September Harness is doing anymore. <laughs> you know, this all makes more sense that you're such a sex addict, dude. <laughs> it's in the genes, <laughs> and uh, she did change her name shortly after that. I think because we had put her on the radio. <laughs> so, so who knows where she's at? But uh, uh, and then we have uh, another listener in Nashville, Tennessee. So I don't know if somebody told somebody, but uh, so so yeah, Kentucky, Tennessee. I don't know somebody in the heartlands loving us. So that's fantastic well we appreciate the support anytime all the time and i think nick and i were debating it this week but i think i think i got recognized for the first time from this show nice. you, I, I, were, we, I was i was a little uh, questionable on it have you decided that it's real i don't know I mean, it seems real, but who knows? So, Brewski, I was uh, there was some ski industry post around here, and they did one of my pet peeves. They refer to I live in the Sierra Nevada mountains, and the word Sierra is plural. You know, it's it it means more than one mountain. Sure. Sierras. No, and people do that a lot. They call it the Sierras. They add an okay. S to the end. Oh, it's, just just Sierra, and that's the plural. That's the exactly. plural of it. It's already plural. So people call it the Sierras a lot. And I learned this when I was doing ski reporting years ago. I had the company call me and say, it's not the Sierras. It's the Sierra. It's plural. It's already plural. And I Googled it. It's true. So so some, some ski industry website posted something about snow in the Sierras. And I just made a comment of like, hey, fun fact, Sierra's already plural. Don't add an S. And some woman who's like 18 or 19 in Southern California commented and she said, Steve, you're right about that. But I think I recognize you. Like, where, where are you from? And I don't know this woman at all. I guarantee it. 
So I commented back to her of like, yeah, you know, you and I don't know each other. I said, but I do a podcast and, uh, you know, we got videos all over Facebook. And, and her reply was, oh, I think I actually did see one of your videos. Maybe that's where I know you're from. So I'm just going to take that as a victory. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. take it as a victory. I mean, I think it is. you weren't on a dating website, dude. I mean, yeah, I think these the other end of the state. Yeah, I mean, and they're getting a little crazy if they're popping on, you know, local mountain websites or whatever to right. try and get you into their web. So. Well, I was going to say, and this woman has made no. I ended up messaging her because I was so curious, like, you know, did she know it was from the show? Because I know I don't know her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and she hasn't, like, solicited me for uh, porn websites or, you know, my uncle in India is going to transfer $7 million or something. So Always a plus when they don't, you know, solicit you for money. <laughs> right. Not a prostitute. <laughs> Things are going no. well here. I've had that before. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So there's our new listeners. And I'm going to say nine out of 10, at least 90% sure we uh, we had our first person recognize one of us. So that's good. That's very good. So, yes. All right. So speaking of recognizing us, first of all, I just want to point out that uh, Bruski is now uh, broadcasting from the uh, the Grand Library in, <laughs> in Boston. Mm, so. Yes. Fine wood paneling. Dude, look at that. Is that a hard oak? Did you buy that in an antique store or, you know, something like that? Or did you buy it secondhand or is it brand new? your wood. Secondhand for, uh, off of Craigslist. It's oh. really nice, dude. It's really pretty. Uh, it looks heavy. Well, it is heavy. Um, I, it has two sides. I prefer this side. The other side is a bamboo look to it. And- oh, okay. <laughs> like inlay on it or? Yeah, yeah. And, and I just well, it's like nice. It's got versatility. So yeah, yeah exactly. I, I like this. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to attach some things on it so that uh, I have a little personality behind it. You know, Maybe you could use own. the opposite side for your OnlyFans and this side for the podcast, dude. <laughs> that will, <laughs> you are a problem solver, Nikki. I really, I try, brother. I just, yeah. Anytime we do some sort of Asian story, I want you to flip it to the band. <laughs> just a, such a theme for us. Here, well, so. just that, well, then perfect for when I have my Ernest Borgnine autograph up uh, as him as Commander McHale. I like it. So, yeah. yeah, I've learned double stick tape works really well. All of these acoustic tiles I have behind me, these are all double stick tape, and they haven't fallen down yet. So, Oh, what's well, so the, the, the tiles that I have in here, these acoustic ones here, these ones had this whole backing thing on it, and I peeled it off, and I think these are here permanently. These yeah. ones are not moving at all. They're low-bearing yeah. now. Yeah. It's, a good thing, it's a good thing I'm a mortgage holder in this home. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Did I tell oh. you guys about the time that I had, uh, that I was on, oh, we talked about the fact that I was on a home makeover show before, right? No. I don't know if we talked about it on the show. I'm well aware of the story, though. So at least briefly tell the audience that, yeah, yeah. on one of them. I was on a uh, home makeover show called Hundred Dollar Makeover, <laughs> which sounds like a bad idea, right? It there. sounds like, yeah, it does. But we wanted to get on TV. It was me and my wife, and uh, we they were advertising on Craigslist, and <laughs> I was like, yeah, are we sure it's a TV show? Right. But uh, they ended up picking us, and what they do is they spend they try and do a makeover with shit you already have in your house, and sometimes okay. they'll you know make they made a uh, I had like a cart of sorts that they turned into a bar, used the wood from it, you know, so they they'll cut shit up and change it. But then they can spend no more than one hundred dollars per room that they do. 
Oh, per room. Okay. Per room. Okay. At least it's not hundred dollars total. All right. Yeah, exactly. So I will just say, I mean, the show overall, the experience of it was interesting. And they put us up in a hotel for a couple of nights while they were at our house doing all this shit. <laughs> but they uh threw away. We got back and they were gonna do the they did the reveal, and we were walking into our bedroom, and we had just purchased a like brand new furniture set for our bedroom, bed, side table, <laughs> dresser, all that Good shit. Board, yeah. We get in there and it's not in our bedroom. And I, I so they're taping, dude, and I'm doing a reveal, the reveal. And all I can think to myself is, where the fuck's my furniture? Dude? <laughs> because I don't have it a lot more than hundred bucks of it. Yeah, we didn't have a garage in that house, so I knew it wasn't like they just moved it. So we smashed it and turned it into a new wet bar for you. <laughs> Dude, as soon as the reveal was over, I was like, where's our bedroom furniture? Because our, our our bedroom was a fucking disaster, what they did to our, our bedroom. Yeah. And they were like, we got rid of it. We we threw it away. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> like, why, you why? why would they do that? Not even I, take it to the Salvation Army. They just threw it in a dumpster somewhere. Dude, we had dumpster, two huge dumpsters outside of our house. And before I left to go to the hotel, they had already filled one whole dumpster wow. with stuff with shit. So and yeah. it's not like you were living in some rat's nest that needed no. a clearing out. I, I started to think for a minute, like you guys do hundred dollar makeover and just steal people's furniture and fucking sell it. Like I'm never gonna be on TV. That like, could be where the budget came from. They sold right. your, your headboard and paid for four rooms or yeah, twenty rooms probably. <laughs> Crazy, dude. But the point of me bringing all of this up is because one of the rooms that I had asked them to do was my studio at the time. And uh, that was the cool, definitely the coolest room that was done during the whole makeover. But they went out and because they can't spend much money, bought those egg crate mattress, you know, things that you put on. And they decided they were going to use that for soundproofing, which is not crazy, right? It's what we did in our first studio for the vocal minority. Yes. Those were mattress things I hung on the wall. Yeah, exactly. So they went out and bought them and cut them into smaller squares so they could be like tiles and spray painted them black. It actually looked pretty cool, but that was a rental house. And when we moved out of that house, they had put probably a thousand plus staples into one of the walls holding all that foam shit up. And I never I didn't get my deposit back. I'll just say that. I mean, the landlord was so fucking pissed at me. Was it just speckled with little foam chunks because you pulled yes. the little tiles? The- <laughs> yes, dude, it was awful. So yeah, Brewski, that may be stuck to your wall. Your oh, that's and that, and that's that's all right. I mean, but uh, Ty Pennington will come by and uh, fix all that for you at some point. <laughs> dude, all the people on this show. I mean, it's on TV. You can find it if you search. I've uh, never seen it. I've still never seen it. Oh, you've never seen it? No. Yeah, you can search it and find it. Um, but they all the three characters on it were like uh, generic uh, people, you know, like they uh, with our uh, craftsman craftsman was a uh, Ty Pennington, pretty much look alike. The hundred dollar version of Ty Pennington. <laughs> exactly. Dude. He was the meth dealer version of Ty Pennington. <laughs> Where can I find it? What platform is it on? Uh, I think they put it on uh, Tubi. Okay. I think it's on Tubi. It's not one of my things, but maybe someday I'll. I, I, yeah, I do need. Tubi's a free app that you can. Oh, is it? Get yeah. Free, yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah, I think if you just search, I think if you search Nick and Rachel, a uh, hundred dollar makeover, you'll find it. Okay. 
Everyone go look. <laughs> you can see yeah, what let's Nick see does. if we can get that bad boy some views. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, screw our page. Just go watch that thing. So, Well, all right. So that's good. So, yeah, Brewski, you're looking good. And I know you got your uh, new ring light rocking there, too. So you're, oh, yeah. you're illuminated. Looking fantastic. Yes. My mom will be happy. My mom mentioned on last week's show she didn't want to see her closet anymore. So. Yeah. Well, well didn't she tell him to make his bed, and his bed was already made? She was expecting hospital corners. Too. I think so. Yeah, but that, that was my uh, my comforter hanging off the bed. There. I don't tuck my cover, comforter under the mattress. So I was watching episode 16 last night where you revealed that uh, that's where you like to jerk off is the bed in the background. So it's okay to put up a little barrier. Well, wait a minute. I think, I think, I think we talk. It depends because sometimes, you know, I've got a remote place I like to go and do that, too. Yes. In the Burger King bathroom. Oh, no, the, the McDonald's bathroom. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. They have better fries. I mean, come on. Exactly. You're right. I do have that one flagged on my list of uh, clips to pull. I'm still on episode 16 pulling clips from. We're on 23 today, so we've yeah, got an archive going. Your dating life has just picked up so much. And uh, that's that. You know what? That is the difference, right? For you. I mean, it's made you a lot busier. Snow has made you a lot busier. Yes, it is snow and it is dating. You know, when we first started this show, the podcast, you know, six months ago or whatever it was, four or five months ago, I don't know. I told you guys, like, this is actually an opportune time because I'm single. I'm depressed. I'm staying at home constantly. So it's a great time to be editing <laughs> and pulling clips. But yeah, now I'm either outside shoveling snow or uh, outside uh, hanging around with women. So. Happy with happy with a new love. Yes, yes. we'll get there. Oh. But yes, uh, uh, <laughs> um, what we're not going to get any. It? We're not going to get any Dottie talk today. It's on at my all. list. It's on my oh, list. Okay, all right. Okay, I'm just. I haven't talked to you in a week, dude. <clears throat> I got you. Get out of town, really. No, I haven't talked to him. My brother was here all this last week, and my time was molested. So I didn't. Yes. And it appears that you have been as well. So brother's just dying for some uh, Nikki time, huh? Let's stay up all night and drink and talk or what? He loves it, dude. I mean, he's two hours ahead of me. So I'm like, when it gets to be 2 a.m. Seattle time, it's 4 a.m. Like, he's going to get tired. Right. Didn't work <laughs> that to, way, though, huh? I need to get a tranquilizer gun, dude. And just at about 11 o'clock, just fucking shoot him with it. Because, no, I mean, that guy can go all fucking night long. He's going to be 60 years old next year wow. or this year. Question is, does he, does he have kids? Yeah, two. No, yeah. at home with him right now. Or are they already yes. out of the house? No, uh, both at home. This is why okay. he's craving brother time away from exactly. Him. <laughs> this this <laughs> is his right. time to party. He doesn't have the kids right yes. there with him. He can just like you're right. Yeah. You're right. His house dude. is club med for him, basically. <laughs> West and the parties all night. Last the, time the I was Nikki in Seattle, house. we were all up until three or four in the morning with your brothers, and I had a flight at like six a.m. <clears throat> That must have hurt so bad because that's basically what I did last night. But I had to be up at 5 a.m. Yeah. No, I slept on the couch. Oh, no, I guess I got up. Yeah. I mean, you did. You slept on the couch and you were gone like a thief in the night. Right. Yeah. But no, no, your brothers are fun. So was it was it uh, a good time or just pure exhaustion? We had a great time, dude. I mean, I always have fun with my brothers. They're good dudes. And uh, yeah, laughed a lot. Hung out. We um, my brother and I have one obligatory conversation each time we see each other that revolves around the death of my father. Oh, I thought you were going to say eggs, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I didn't. You know what? I, I, uh, I think my video that I made has, <laughs> has put a little silence on the egg conversation, Yeah, which by the way, we should probably share that on the vocal minority stuff. Cause that was, that was a pretty good little video you did. 
Nick did a little uh, flexing with his wealth, <laughs> destroying oh. random eggs because he's yeah. got that kind of money. Yeah, oh. my brother came over, dude, and uh, our uh, because of the weather, our recycling hasn't been picked up. So there was an egg carton sitting outside on the table, getting ready for me to throw away. And yeah. I was like, "Oh, those are the eggs." And he was like, "Yeah, I was so fucking pissed when I saw that." And apparently, so was his wife. Uh. And I was like. Uh, dude, they were expired. Yeah, I was taking them out of the fridge, and that's what made me think to do it. I fucking went and threw eggs and pissed a lot of people off. <laughs> it's a hilarious video, but it's still a commentary that you're you're doing so well, you just let eggs expire. It's like just burning dollar <laughs> yeah. bills, right? Oh, dollar like fifty you wasted right there. So yeah, it's just crazy. But, but no, uh, we didn't talk about eggs. But yeah, we have that one conversation, and I'm not against having it. But it's all we I, I just noticed it seems to come up every time he's in town. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Is it mentally exhausting or is it a good conversation? You know what? It's more about, I think. And I, I get it. We're getting older. Like I said, he's going to be 60. Not that he's going to die soon or anything like that. But we're getting older and thinking about that shit. And I think that he compares what he wants for the end of his life in contrast to what my dad had. Okay. He, 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 we have different opinions. Like I was glad I was there when my dad passed away, like physically passed away. Yeah. yeah. He told me afterwards that he was like, you know what, if I could take that back, I wouldn't have been there. Not because I don't want to be there for dad. They were extremely close. Uh, but he didn't Scarlet. like that. He had to remember him like that, you know? Yeah. Which I get both sides, but I do. I often don't go to funerals. There's been a couple of funerals in my life that I've declined to go to because I don't want that to be my last memory of that person. And funerals are not about their closure. It's about your closure. Right. And I felt like, eh, I don't need it. I don't want I don't want to see him in a coffin. Like, well, you know, I'll go ahead, Brewski. I was going to say it's, it's like when my dad was on the driveway here and he was getting CPR, I'm up on the porch looking down and watching these, these, EMTs performing CPR on my dad. And, but my sister was off on the sidewalk well behind me. Couldn't see anything at all. She was off the porch and everything. And she said that I don't think I could have handled it if I were up there and I saw what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. dude. Yeah. So yeah. I have not had the opportunity, thankfully, I guess, you know, (laughs) to actually be there at that moment. And uh, boy, I don't, I mean, I guess part of me, if it's my mom or dad, I would want to be there for them so they have family around them in that moment. But, uh, boy, I don't know. That's I mean, what we, I feel, dude. I, I don't, I, to be honest with you, I, and I should probably tell you guys this, I don't want to die alone, dude. I, I don't want to do that. I didn't want my dad to have to die alone. Yeah. But my brother's like, I'm good. Like, you don't have to show up. I There's nothing unsaid between us. Mm. Like, I know how you feel. Yeah. Don't show up. I mean, it's not good. I don't want it for you. And I'm like, yeah, that freaks me out. I'll be there. Dude. <laughs> I, I think I would be there because like I just said, the funeral, they've already passed. That's not for them. That's for the, the living. But when somebody's actually getting ready to pass, like, yeah, I don't want them to be alone. So, yeah. And he was telling me this conversation. I, I really hope I'm not speaking out of school because we don't know who my brother is. But I mean, he told me that, uh, you know, if I can have it my way, I'd like to do one last road trip before my health. If This is assuming he got sick and had, you know, you got six months. Yeah, I'd like to do one last road trip with you and maybe some other people and uh, say goodbye and drive off a cliff. 
Well, I I just like to go out that way. I don't want to suffer if I know it's coming. I would just like to, you know, take a motorcycle and just floor it and go off, you know, have one last adventure. Yeah, I understand that. I would wait, though, until I was super ill, and then I would drive. I don't want to deprive even one day of, like, healthiness. Of Sure, you know, yeah. Ill, but, Everyone yeah. feels different about death, dude. I, it, it doesn't – I shouldn't say it freaks me out, but it really perplexes me when I talk to people who are like, oh, I don't – I'm okay with death. Like me dying. Like I don't fear death, you know, and I, I don't feel that same way. I do do less than I did when I was younger. Maybe it happens as you get older that you don't fear it as much. I will tell you, I am, I'm haunted by deaths. I've had a few that have hit me hard and I don't like the concept. I don't deal well with it. Uh, But my firstborn Neo um, ever since age like 11 or 12 has had this, I don't know where she gets it. Uh, just this embracing of death, like a mild, I don't want to call it a fascination, but she just has this acceptance and understanding of it that did not come from me. And maybe that will change in life. But those kids have had a couple of grandparents pass that they were close to. And um, right. So it's not like they're not speaking from any experience, but I appreciate it. But I don't know where it came from. Yeah. I mean, I maybe I wish I was more like that because uh, it's probably a healthy thing to be OK with death. It's going to it's inevitable, right? Yeah. Yes, it is. So. And I will say, like, when I put our uh, dog down, Charlie, I was there for it. And that that haunts me still watching you yeah, watching him fade away. So it's imperative, dude. Uh, yeah. But I'm glad it was there for Charlie. So, yeah. Bruce, and speaking of which, we should give a quick shout out for Brewski, who's suffered another loss. Uh, this. Oh, week. yeah. My my Zoe Bowie. Yeah, she uh, I was out driving, working Saturday night and I received a message, a text message from the gen and. She said that uh, Zoe had had passed, and so yeah, I'm you know. sorry, man. Because oh yeah, but I mean, pet, pets are family. I I don't get into this. I know a guy here in Tahoe is just like if the vet bill's over 300 bucks, put the you know put it down. Like I don't care. I'm like, dude, like <laughs> pets are part of the family to me. Yeah, no, I mean Zoe was a, a good girl and just the sweetest dog ever. Uh, she I was. Mean, she she was. She was. I mean, Penelope was sweet, but she was also kind of a kind of a tough old broad you know and zoe was just sweet all around all the time so yeah living that pug life yeah exactly (laughs) doing it upright it's funny that you mentioned the you know what it costs for a vet bill uh i've had this argument with my brother who was just here before not an argument but a discussion when we go to board our pets if we're going out of town they make you sign something that says if your dog or your cat gets sick how much how much will you spend? Yeah, yeah. You know, if we can't get a hold of you, I can't put a number. <laughs> I, I, I can't million. put a number. <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh, you know, call me. I mean, if I have it, I'll pay it. Right. right. My brother's like, yeah, you know, and he's an animal person from what I understand, <laughs> but he's like, you know, you, you can't drain your bank well, account. Is he a rural person or, or a city person? A rural. Yeah, and so I, I've noticed this uh, with my family, in particular down in Georgia, and uh, they just have a different uh, view of yeah. of their their pets, uh, and, and they're farmers too, right? So you know, they they live they have livestock yeah. and cows and all that sort of thing. Um, yep. But it's it's just a different kind of mindset. I yeah, the, you're, the dude, you're I right. Just, the guy I just mentioned that had the three hundred dollar limit. Uh, he grew up on a farm, and that's what he credits to do. That I had animals coming and going all the time. Like uh, you know, it's I'm not as attached to them, so I, I can get it on some level. But no, I would I would spend what I could spend. 
Sure. I don't really drain my account. I would, you know, if it was truly $10,000, I don't have it, then I guess I don't have it. But if someone tells me it's going to cost two grand, if I've got it, I'm, yeah, I'm going to fucking spend it, of course. Yeah, so. you're going to try and figure it out. So, and I just read an article a couple of weeks ago that I, I had flagged for us, but uh, I'll just mention it in passing now. It was an article about things the TSA keep that people that go through security or whatever pocket knives and yes i lost my swiss army knife i made it all the way to mexico and back but in my connecting flight in denver they found a swiss army knife in my bag and there was a day where you could travel with a pocket knife if the blade was less than like three inches or something yeah yeah you still can about uh 70 of the time from what i've found out well that was accurate because i made it through three airports before the fourth one finally caught me yeah but uh the article was talking about the fact that there has been this has always been a thing, but they've noticed in the last couple of years, even more so, people that abandon their pets at the airport, that yes. they get there to fly with them and board them, and there's some reason they can't, and people are just like, eh, leave the dog here then. Can you, like, are you freaking imagine? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Boy, How either that's... poor or, you know, just sociopathic are you that you're like, yeah, fuck it. Just leave the golden retriever here. Yeah, dude, that's a bag of trailers. Yeah, I can't fathom that. No, nor can I. My sister has uh, now at the current moment has three dogs. Started off with one who's the OG, been there the longest. He's like, uh, I think he's eight years old. She's got two puppies basically that are seven months eight months difference i think yeah uh they are so in love with their two new dogs that the little one is not really getting the attention that it used to because there's three to take care of yeah the firstborn right exactly so my sister and uh her husband we talk about it all the time they're like do you want to take do you want to take tucker (laughs) just like yeah, I mean, yes, I guess. You want this yeah. Like, place? Like, to yeah. Why don't you take him? Why don't you take him? And I, that's that. I mean, I tell my sister all the time that boggles my mind that you just give your dog to me. And I mean, at least it's going to me, so you'll see it. You'll know it's taken care of. But so I don't know. We may take Tucker. We made a decision this week. We may take what, Tucker. What breed of dog is Tucker? Then? I don't know, dude. To be he's honest, a, dude, he's, he's a, just a cool dog. He's he's probably, uh, I mean, size of a bread loaf. Small. Dog. Oh, okay. So yeah. so he's like the size of. Is he bigger than Oliver? Uh, he, no, he's smaller. Uh, he's smaller than Oliver. Oh, okay. And they get along well. They've known each other for a long time and run around the yard together. So I'm does he get along with Tucker, the woodman? It's better than Hannity, but uh, still. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Woody doesn't have a choice, Brisky. <laughs> Woody is just since Oliver there, uh, my dog and my cat's relationship has been tumultuous. Uh, they got along so well when Oliver first got here as a puppy. And then for maybe the first three years of his life, they used to chill on the couch and like snuggle and lay together. And now Oliver's just become a fucking bully to this cat. Every time the cat comes to me for love, Oliver jumps off the couch and fucking charges him. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't know what what to do other than say, well, that's your life, Woody. Life's tough. therapy. <laughs> I try my best. We have our alone time. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. <laughs> no. Oh, tuckums. Like As the world turns. Good old Tuckums. Going to join the, the, the Reynolds household. Yes. Well, Tuck- he'll be a lucky dog for sure. But uh, well, I appreciate that. Hey, uh, dude, my, 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 
Oh, go ahead. I just no, have one last appearance question for you, if I could throw that out there. Oh, yeah, please do. Uh, this is your first time wearing a hat on the show. Is this a, is that a Dave Matthews hat? Is that what that is? <laughs> yeah, it is. Damn, see how good I am. You are good. good. Brewski, Brewski wouldn't have known, right, Brewski? No, because I, I, I automatically thought of baseball player or something yeah exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I could it, see it has that. the number 41 on his hat which is well four yeah 42 would have been like the number because that's jackie, jackie robinson, robinson but yeah yeah, oh, okay. yeah. yeah. all right well yeah Very nice good. work harness nice work yeah i'm just trying to be perceptive like that dave has a song named 41 and um I, I I don't know. I have a little bit of a cheers and jeers to give for Spotify that we can talk about later. But the 41 is is part of one of my things I'm upset with Spotify over. So. Okay. Yeah, I'd be interested to hear it. That's a good cliffhanger for a Dave fan. There you go. So yeah. stay tuned. <laughs> okay. Don't skip uh, around. You might miss it, okay? <clears throat> yeah, don't miss it. Yeah. Hey, dude, uh, I was thinking about this, and I don't want to go to the show. Sometimes we miss shit just because we run out of time. The whole uh, Tyree Nichols thing, all right? Oh. Uh, I I mean, I'm thinking today I was just like, uh, oh, maybe I do a uh, just a quick brief moment of not silence. Yeah, silence for Tyree Nichols. And I thought, this is not the time to be fucking silent, dude. I mean, it's the time to get loud that this has happened again. I just cannot believe. Yeah, it's kind of falling into my same category of public shootings where it happens so often. I don't know what I'm supposed to do anymore. Like, obviously, it's outrageous, but it's just every time this happens, we get outraged. Protests happen. Nothing changes. It happens again. Protests happen. Nothing changes. I... I'm I'm running out of indignation for this thing that has just become sadly normal. Yes. You, you, you know what really struck me about it was, and I hadn't seen. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, but the, the, what, <laughs> no. Steven. Uh, but uh, I I hadn't seen the silent video, the one that was that came from the building that was shooting onto the street, not the body cam video. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that video from the building shows him being held up. And them taking turns, just like rearing back and throwing punches and hitting them in the face and and that sort of thing. And just the the brutality of it and him getting passed around, like thrown from guy to guy Mm -hmm. as as they're punching him. And I just I just don't I don't get people. I just don't understand. I heard. I was listening. I'm in a full transparency, dude. I haven't watched any video. Uh, I heard the police chief talking about the fact that uh, it, I mean, it like the Rodney King video. She said, uh, you know, I made George, uh, she, she's, she didn't necessarily say this, but the sentiment of the comment was it made George uh, Floyd look like, you know, so little compared to what happened here. I was so confused by, what happened? Why it was happening? I mean, it was a full-on beatdown. Oh, it was it was awful. And and the thing about it is, is that he he was able to escape from them after they they had tased him, and he ran away. And I guess he was gone for a little bit. And they they finally found him and caught up with them. And that's when you see that one video that's silent that you don't hear any audio from because it's shot from a building, a security camera from a sure. building. 
and it's just this rage as as if as if you had some sort of nerve to try and get away from people who were who were physically harming you and now right. we're going to make it even worse you didn't take your beating the first time so now we're going to make sure you take it you know yeah it's yeah awful it's uh i it may be a little selfish that i haven't watched the video i mean i haven't watched it because i don't want to see it i mean the george floyd videos obviously fucked all of us up a whole bunch so i just haven't i haven't been able to watch it i don't even know if you need to it does go back to the rodney king thing i mean it's cops just pummeling the living shit out of a defenseless black man i mean i don't know what the visual adds to that per se well i I was gonna real quick i i wasn't seeking the video out i happened to be scrolling on twitter and somebody had posted it and there it was. I was scrolling and it was right in front of me. Sure. And and I, I don't was, begrudge anyone from from watching it. I just uh, and like I said, it may be selfish that I haven't watched it. Maybe I should uh, fucking see it to, you know, get it will make you it will it. make you sad, especially yeah. when you think about him yelling out for his mother. Right. And yeah. they, always, they always say that when, that people will call out to their mother, the giver of life when they see that their demise is imminent yeah no it's beyond heart-wrenching and sad and the ironic thing to me is that there's only one group of people that can solve this problem and it's it's not any of us it's fucking the police they have this generational mentality that they are in some category where they're allowed to throw beat down because they put their lives on the line and whatnot but it's the thin blue line it's that whole concept that allows sure. this sort of shit to go on yeah. cops have to start calling out the bad cops not all cops are bad i would argue probably the majority have their hearts in the right place and are out there trying to do a good job but you're a bad cop if you don't call out the the worst cops you know what i mean you have got to hold each other accountable that is the only way change this institutionalized mentality that it's okay to give someone a beat down because they took a swing at you you're the professional you've been trained you've got the gear knock it the fuck off 100 100 dude i would implore anyone who is a police officer to feel okay with going in and saying, you know what? I don't have enough fucking training, like fucking train me to deal with situations better and I'll do them. I'll do them just as I'm supposed to, but uh, ask for the fucking training, dude. I mean, the amount of training that most officers get, it's unfair. Yeah. I mean, de-escalation should always be the first step. And even if the guy does take a swing at you or spit on you or whatever, once you've got them in handcuffs or you've got them subdued, like you've got to stop. You're the professional. You got to rise above this. And when cops start calling each other out, that's when this will finally stop. Yes. The thin blue line concept is the entire fucking problem. They won't do it, though, because they're all part of the same union. And they, they all, them. But they, they, if enough of them do, then they'll, they can, the others will become the minority. But, the, but even if there are bad cops amongst them, uh, it seems like more of them have the, the, uh, it's us against them mentality. Yes. This is what In, I'm saying. That mentality yeah. has to end. And I know there's more good cops, but my point is you're not a good cop. If you're not calling out the other people that are doing this sure. kind of shit. Violence yeah. is no. complicity, dude. Of course. I mean, it was all, whatever, four of the cops beating this guy. There wasn't even one of them that stood up and was like, guys, stop, stop this shit. Or well, went and immediately reported it. As we've seen with all of these things, if there was no video of it, we would never hear about it. And that no. shit has to fucking stop. Well, you know, there's one of the cops that actually shut his body camera off. Yeah. But but no but he did he shut the video off but he didn't shut the audio portion of it off and it actually recorded him and the other the other cops 
laughing about what they did and joking about, boy, I hit him really good on that one, didn't I? And yeah. just joking about it. And that made it even worse, just even more disgusting, as if that were even possible. Yeah, psychologically sick, dude. I mean, it is. It's a sickness that if you are, are part of that whole thin blue line thing, that's a fucking mental disorder that you should go get help for immediately. Yeah. You're the reason you're, the police's reputation has been destroyed. They want to blame the protesters and the media for showing this stuff. It's you. It's your coworkers. You have created this. And I know there was an era where, you know, in the movies, when the cop would beat the suspect to get a confession, we would all cheer and stuff. And, and, and that, whole, that whole mentality is just, it's, it's aged out. It's gone. It's, you have to be a professional, and you have to hold yourself and your coworkers to a certain standard. The question is, has uh, has this become American culture? I mean, is, is this the hill we stand on? This is who we are? Yeah, well, it has become that. But it's like the Me Too movement. If you you bring enough attention to it, people start to realize, like, maybe this isn't okay. and Maybe there is going to be accountability. Even if I do want to sexually harass my female coworker, I now understand there's consequences. But in the police world, there are none unless you're on video. And trusting them not to cover or turn off their own cameras is not good enough. No, dude, they, they should not be able to turn off their fucking right. cameras. Exactly. How about that? Shouldn't even yeah. be an option. Totally. Yeah. So, no, it's yeah. fucking disgusting. But, yeah, we've got to put more pressure on the good cops, quote unquote, out there to turn in their brothers in blue and take yes. fucking thin blue line flags down. First of all, it's disrespectful to change the colors of the American flag for your yep. little pet project. Only when we do it. <laughs> I mean, uh, they can wear the American flag. They can do all kinds of shit. But God forbid a guy takes a knee during a salute to it. Well, but Black Lives Matter didn't change the American flag for no. their project. That's what I'm saying. Like, I yes. see the thin blue line flags, the blue lives matter flags. And, and yeah, and it's disrespectful to change the flag. And by the way, blue lives is not an ethnicity. It's a fucking career profession choice you made. Yeah, so. dude, I just can't imagine. I mean, I've I, I like I said, I haven't watched the videos, but I've obviously watched a lot of coverage on it. And uh, for all our black brothers and sisters in this world right now, I think to myself, I cannot imagine how fucking frightening it is to leave the house. Right. Like yeah. this is just fucking nuts to me. It's a reality that none of us can truly understand. I think we can empathize and sympathize with it, but sure. none of us truly understand that. I've been pulled over by the cops so many times where I, yes, sir, no, sir, my way out of it. And not everyone's got that option. They're yeah. guilty, yeah. you know. So, and yeah, I had a friend up here, um, well, use that term loosely, but they were a Facebook friend and they work, they were, uh, they work in the 911 dispatch area. And I think it was, um, oh, I'm blanking on his name now, the guy in New York that was uh, selling cigarettes and they choked him out on the streets. Uh, Eric Garner. Garner. Yes. On that case, she was defending the cops, you know, saying that he said he couldn't breathe. Therefore, he could breathe because he was speaking. Yeah, I'm tired of that, too. You don't know what An medical asshole. condition anyone fucking has. You don't know what what a stupid fucking thing to say. And there's what that's what the last gasp is. You're you know, you're losing air and you're screaming out. I can't breathe. I can't like that's your dying words. And to sit there and go, oh, he can breathe. He's talking like what kind of fucking asshole are you? Heartless fucker, dude. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's worth mentioning, Nick, for sure. But it's like gun control problems. Like, I just, it, none of us can solve this problem. I mean, it, they're obviously yeah. different debates, but this, the whole, like, we just keep talking about it. And Joe's citizens aren't solving either of these problems. Gun control is a different thing. But the, the blue live stuff, like, you guys have just got to start narking on each other. 
end this culture of, of putting up with the shit and covering up for your brother in blue. Yeah. Yeah. It just, you know what, and what you just said fucking sucks, dude, because you do begin. Yeah. I just, you feel helpless about it. You want to make a change. And if it is truly out of your control to even make chip away at the fucking problem, like that's fucking hopeless. Yeah. Well, and a lot of people have said that this guy did what, you know, the talk tells you to do. He was telling the cops, like, I'm cooperating. I'm cooperating. You know, I'm down. You got me in cut. Like, I'm stop. I'm, I'm here. I'm not fighting. What what else was he supposed to do? At that the fuck point? is this Scorpion Gang? I mean, yeah, it, it's a special it's a special unit for, for <laughs> certain crime, and the it's that's just what they call the, yeah. the unit. The, I know it's kind of like an auto task force, but this was like a a crime task force of some sort in Memphis, I guess. Well, but thank you, God, it's been fucking dismantled. But I mean, even more so, this is like the guys just like fucking strapping up all the gear. You know, they feel like yeah. the great American fucking hero because they're on the task force. <laughs> yeah, and you are going force. after stolen cars, and you're wearing fucking plain clothes, and you don't think that's going to scare somebody who's not doing anything nefarious. Absolutely. Task force implies that you have some level of experience and credibility. The average age of that task force was like 27. Like these are people that only by definition could have been a few years into their career. If that, yeah. uh, Yeah. You know, I got pulled over in Seattle once by an unmarked car and I went on the local radio about it. I was so outraged over the concept that somebody can throw a a siren in their wind, you know, in the windshield and pull me over in the dark road in the middle of the night. Like I tell, I tell my wife to, if you get pulled over by an unmarked car, you fucking drive to a gas station slowly before you pull over, you know? Yep. But again, that's white privilege. I mean, um, we'd probably be allowed to drive into the fucking gas station, you know, like he was. Listen, a a white female like your wife would probably stand a better chance. But when I I went on the radio in Seattle and they brought in the police chief to debate me over this practice of unmarked cars pulling people over. And he told me, he was like, you should have just kept driving to a a local gas station. And I said, yeah, there would have been 20 of you waiting there for me. I would have been spread eagle on the hood of that car, probably punched in the ribs a couple of times before I ever had a chance to explain why I kept driving. Uh, That's a fact. Why is the burden on me to make sure that you're all safe? (laughs) Yes. Right. You're the one that chose to be in a job that could put you in potential danger. Uh, And that doesn't mean we can't be grateful for the fucking job you do, but you did sign up for it. Exactly. I'm sick of people saying that, too, that just because we're criticizing the cops, that we're anti-police or something. No, obviously, we need police. The defund the police does not actually mean, you know, fire police. It means put resources in different areas. But, yeah, cops are obviously needed and generally good people. I know a lot of cops who are very good people. I've had encounters with them over these years. So, sure. But, again, you're not actually a good cop if you're not calling out the bad ones. Just because you're not the one kicking the guy on the ground, if you're not calling out your partner, now you're a bad cop, too. Because that's the way the law works, right? If you all commit a crime together, you're all guilty. Well, yeah, it's a conspiracy. Yes. You're working in concert. It's so. also domestic terrorism, dude. You lay down with dogs, you get up with fleas. So uh, yeah. fucking say something, please. Yeah. So, yeah. See something, say something. That's right. Brewski, say it for the people in the back, Brewski. See something, say something. That is correct, Amundo. Yeah. So. Not said. Indeed. Oh, yeah. All right. We solved that problem for everyone. So let's, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's move it right along. Got a lot to do today. Right. Let's talk about my dating life now. Let's start. 
Oh, Steve, that's funny and doesn't surprise me at the same time. There was a serious note on that, wasn't there, Steve? Because you have great things to tell us of Dottie, the land of dating with Stephen Harness. Uh, would you like to talk about Dottie? Would you like to talk about Spotify? These are my uh, my personal subjects of the week. Why don't you uh, spin the wheel, Brewski, and let it land where you'd like. <laughs> what do you think, Brewski? Spotify uh, or dating life? What do you want to hear about first? Let's go to Spotify first. Okay, good. I You may or may not like this, actually. I don't know. Uh, so here's the thing. This sort of ties into Dottie because... I've had this reinvigorated uh, love of music recently. I mean, music has been a part of my life since I was a teenager and, uh, you know, playing in the band and uh, getting into radio, music and all that stuff. But it's wonderful. It is wonderful. You know, music means a lot to me. However, for the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years of my life, Nick and I work at a radio station here in Lake Tahoe, and that is all I listen to. I listen to that station almost exclusively. And if there's not new music that's on KRLT, then I don't know it. I don't seek it out. I don't go into my CD collections anymore. I don't go into my MP3s. I don't listen to old stuff. I only listen to what we play. And we play a lot of good music, obviously. So it's been a good source and, and pro- needed. You know, the, pro- the program director thanks you. Oh, you're welcome. Yes, Nick is the program <laughs> director. And uh, seriously, dude, you, you, you know, I know we kind of set the format up together, but you've run with it and you pick all sorts of great stuff. Well, I appreciate that, dude. I think the station sounds great. It does. And you've made me look good by proxy. You know, there's been a few songs of late where I'm like, oh, yeah, have you ever heard of Family of the Year? Or have you ever heard of you know, some, of these, some of these songs Nick has put on the station where I, you know, I flex and try to pretend like I created them? But, good. But anyways, my point is, yeah, I kind of stopped listening to music. And Dottie and I have been uh, sharing a lot of music. That's been one of the big connections we have. And so because of that, um, I broke down and I'm, I'm now paying for Spotify. Because oh, congratulations. Now I will say prior to us starting this podcast five, six months ago, I was very anti Pandora Spotify because we work at a local radio station and that's a big competitor of ours. So I'm not, I never wanted to subscribe or give them any credence, but you know, we're on Spotify now, literally for this podcast. Right. And, um, yeah, with all this music going around, I was getting sick of hearing the ads, so I decided just to break down. And I've been listening to a lot of stuff. I mean, I was listening to Pink Floyd last night. I was. I've listened to just everything from my personal category. A lot of these songs that Dottie's been sending me. I mean, so my my love of music has been sort of uh, rejuvenated beyond just the local radio airwaves. And and that's just that's fantastic, dude. I love. Uh, it's cyclical for me like most of the time you know i always music's around me but like sometimes i get into the deep dive a couple of months like you're in now yeah, yeah. Uh, i got the uh, vinyl all set up a couple two weeks ago so i've been just going through all my old vinyl finding some great stuff yeah and, and you know and music it is therapeutic it does soothe the soul it can enhance moods all that kind of stuff so i uh, i encourage everyone to you know find what you like and keep listening but so uh, signing up for Spotify, first, uh, let me just say one of the criticisms I've noticed. They need to hire someone like a Nick Reynolds to, they need to hire somebody from the radio world to help them with the way they play music. I, I'm assuming they hired a bunch of coders and yeah. not somebody that's ever programmed a radio station. Tech bro. <laughs> yes. A couple of pet peeves. First of all, their shuffle mode. Yes. Uh, apparently they just truly shuffle it like at a radio station we put all this music into a program and then the program quote unquote shuffles it but mathematically 
Well, but we set up rules, right? Yes. We yeah. have artist and title separations. That's a big yeah. thing in the world of radio. Think at uh, Christmas time. If you've got 20 versions of A White Christmas, you don't want them playing back-to-back or anywhere near each other, even though they may have separate artists, right? Correct. So someone's got to do that shit, first of all, because I've noticed when I shuffle, I was, I've got a playlist right now that I put together, some stuff I love. It's like it's not even that big, like 30, 40 songs. And there's probably four Dave Matthews songs on there. And last night, it shuffled through them, through Dave, in order. Like really? it, it skipped oh. everything else. That's not shuffling. No, I mean, I'm sure the algorithm was randomly picking and somehow coincidentally randomly picked four Dave Matthews songs in a row. But But there should be a rule for that to not happen ever. Exactly. It's so easy. Just put an artist separation. It's a breakable rule, we call it. So if you have no other choice but Dave, you can do another one. But if you've got 27 other songs to pick from, pick one of them first. That is such a geek algorithm thing. Just truly shuffle. But no, you got to put some parameters on it. Yep, I agree. uh, I've noticed, too, like if I'm on my Pearl Jam channel, I'll get three versions of Alive within a couple of songs of each other. Because in its computer mind, those are different tracks, because one was right. recorded live at this play. But I don't need to hear three versions of Alive within 15 minutes of each other. No. Put a, no. Put a title separation on these things, please. Are you listening, Spotify? I hope you are. <laughs> these are big problems that we can solve. Let you can reach us at one 800 Yes. Let me tell you, you hire the vocal minority, not only will we do a phenomenal podcast for you, but we'll fix your fucking music category problems with artist and title separations. Please, a real champion. Please do. Give us a call. I mean, we'll take care of all your needs. It seems that you're uh, struggling, so we can perfect something over there to get you on track. We've literally done this kind of thing for years, like so we can help you. Uh, we can help trim and tone your music. That's my other pet peeve I'm noticing, which is part of why I pointed out your hat earlier, number 41. Ah, uh, So when you're doing a live track, this happens on every live album. Like they play the song, and then that track keeps going. You know, like the applause fades out, but then the, music, uh, the singer usually comes out and starts talking about the next song they're going to play. Right. But it's still on the previous song's track. Because they want the next track to start when the song starts. Correct. And I have One Sweet World live at Luther College on one of my playlists. And after One Sweet World, Dave comes on and starts talking about, we're going to play a song. It's called 41, as it was created. Very creatively. (laughs) The 41st song song we wrote. (laughs) Yes. And then the track ends and it goes to some other song. Trim that shit out. I don't need to hear you talking about the next song. Gotcha. Yeah, that's and that's how you know if you play it on the CD, that's exactly how it rolls. But yeah, you would think that they should uh, tighten that up for Spotify. We have multiple live Dave tracks on KRLT, and what did we do? We trimmed and toned. There's Mm. a little tone you can put there so that when the computer hears it, it jumps to the next track, fades it out, goes to the next track. Yeah. I, I don't. It's a, a, an intern can do this. I mean, you can certainly pay us a lot of money, and we'll do it. But you know, <laughs> take the time. Certainly on the big albums, the live albums that people are streaming all the time. Like fucking trim and tone those things. So I don't need to hear the you know thirty seconds of applause followed by two minutes of the singer talking about some story before it then flips to the some other song. So these are the thoughts of a new spotify user i mean take them seriously please thank you we've all been worn down steve we don't talk about this anymore because we know it never changes so i'm glad that you're stepping up it's a fresh set of years and i will say i i I understand the love of you know putting your own playlist together and all that stuff 
Um, I can see that radio probably will die at some point. It's not happening as soon as a lot of assholes are telling me it's going to, but at some point, you know, local radio, mm, I don't know. It, it's either going to have to reinvent itself a little or, or yeah, it may actually die because I get it. Well, you know, uh, a lot of uh, radio companies have been getting into other uh, media avenues. And sure. by that, I mean, uh, locally here, there's a, uh, a radio group that owns a, a station that I listen to. And they actually have a whole digital area where that is advertising said, if your business isn't the top law firm, when people go and search top law firm, that they have a service that they offer through this particular uh, radio group I to create, you create your site and make sure that it's, it's top, yes. you know, and all that, but yeah. they're, they're doing web design and, but they, yeah. but then obviously they integrate that advertising for that uh, law office, yeah. not just the, the web, but then, Hey, how about we pair it with some radio and that sort of thing too. I've noticed a lot of companies doing that too. Yes. Radio stations and especially in lo the larger markets, you're going to have to make a pivot at some point here and, yeah. and start monetizing in different ways. Right. Because I remember the days, dude, when we first started in radio, like when a morning show spot would bring, you know, a thousand dollars for a 60 second spot. Those days are gone. Yeah. Now there's more ways to spend marketing and there's a perception that radio is dying. And part of that is the industry's fault. I will tell you because sure. you know, in the good old days, sixties, seventies, eighties, even into the nineties, radio stations were super localized. Not every rock station in every town had the exact same fucking playlist. Everyone had something yeah. unique. They had unique local DJs. And most importantly, they talked about the community they were in, and they went out into the community they were in, doing live events and remote broadcast. And mm -hmm. The radio industry before Pandora and Spotify became big, they realized, boy, we can save a bunch of money if we program every station to sound the same, if we have the same morning show on every station, same midday guy. Right. But then you're just homogenizing yourself. You're making yourself Pandora or Spotify. You're just some glorified playlist. So if radio goes back to being unique in your market, involved in your town, and offering some more of these multimedia things, like we do at our station, you know, we include online or uh, Facebook posts, like, you know, that kind of thing. It can. It can survive. But it, I don't know. They're going to have to have a serious wake-up call here. So. Yeah, it's going to get well, harder and harder, dude. See how that goes. You know, Steve, you, you always say how you listen, you watch uh, Shark Tank. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, Mark Cuban obviously is one of the um, sharks, uh, one of the sharks on there. Yeah. And he had this quote about the NFL and how they've kind of gotten a little too uh, kind of greedy and that sort of thing. And I think the same thing could be said of the radio groups that you're talking about, where yeah. they were homogenizing themselves, where Mark Cuban says, P -p said, pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. and when, when the hogs, got really big and fat and they were homogenizing themselves that's when people stopped listening to local radio because it didn't hit them personally yeah the ironic thing is talk radio is still doing very well um in local markets because it's it's talk it's not something you can homogenize with a playlist but all the new talent has gone to the world of podcasting so the talkers that are out there right now doing talk radio they're going to retire or die at some point and there is nobody there to take that spot and again, the industry did this to themselves by not fostering new talent. Yes. Yeah. So there's that.
Um, my uh, uh, The good thing about Spotify, first of all, yes, I'm, I'm loving that I don't need a CD. I can find any song now on there, and it's cool. And I do like that they make some suggestions of, you know, if you like this song, maybe you like this song. So, you know, there are lots of good stuff going there. But I will tell you, and this is the part, Bruce, I didn't know if you were going to love it or hate this, but um, I discovered something phenomenal about Metallica on Spotify <laughs> recently. Uh, okay. <laughs> now, first of all, I've been, um, you know, when I'm like cleaning or cooking, I always have like my Metallica channel on. I need something kind of upbeat. And I found it fucking hilarious that a couple episodes back, Bruce and I were debating, is Metallica a hard rock band or are they a metal band? My son the other day walks in while Metallica's playing and he says something like, it's hard to talk to you with this hard rock heavy metal music playing. Oh, he, he, he intuitively wow. brought you together. <laughs> yeah. I just thought that was hilarious to the 13 year old. Right. Would just be like, this is hard rock heavy metal. It's not either. Like, he didn't hear our debate. That's just what. No, he, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. He's inclusive, dude. He wants to include everybody. Please. He's bringing it, bringing it all together. I get right. it. Yeah. And I will tell you on that topic, Metallica's got a new album out. It's something about suicide. I can't remember what the name of it is, like S for Suicide or something. But I'll tell you, man, if you if if I woke up from a coma, I would think that was Metallica from the eighties. I mean, they oh, really back they to this longer, yeah, more the metal opera, like you know, hard rock, and not a three and a half minute song, like. So there is. I don't know if they're hearing the complaints or whatever, but they do see. So maybe so. Uh, Lars's wife isn't holding his balls anymore, and that could be. And, yes. You know, remember she's the one that made them cut their hair, and uh, and and also, but she's the one that was pushing him to to do that, like <laughs> cut the hair and and play play songs that are uh, or write songs that are a more radio friendly and that sort of thing. I I don't, it, wait, hold on, the Black Album came out way before Lars met his wife. I know that for sure, and that was radio friendly. Well, that one, I, I wouldn't say that one is super radio friendly. I'm talking about after that album in particular. Mm. That's when things really started to, I mean, to get into like hero of the day and all that sort of thing, you know, yeah. or fuel. And have you heard uh, the story about Lars meeting his wife? No, it's a funny story. His wife is a successful surgeon and they met at some bar and, you know, he was talking to her and, you know, you're a surgeon. And she was like, what do you do? And he's like, I'm the drummer for Metallica. And she's like, who, for what? Like she did, she didn't know Metallica no from a hole in the wall, and he was like, "I fell in love." Like a woman who doesn't know me as you know Lars from Metallica, and I was. Well, she just knows she knows you for, for who you are as a person, as opposed to what you do yeah. and what yeah. you have attached to you because of what you do and that sort of thing. Right. So he said that, that was sort of my first like, "Ooh, let me talk more to this woman." <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah. I mean, I, I can, can I can that. see that because because then she's not she's not going to get caught up in the bullshit, right? And she's like, yeah, and yeah, so. So let me ask you a question, Brewski. You know, the the Black Album marked a change in the sound of Metallica. Not just the radio-friendly shorter songs, but their guitars became heavier, the drums, the bass. Everything became fatter and thicker, and it's the sound they have kept since then. When I go back and listen to the old albums, Ride the Lightning, Master of Puppets, Kill Em All in particular, there's a thinness to them. The guitars, the drums, they just, they, they're just a little thin. Do you notice that? But you know what it is that that could also be something on the producing end of things too. It's because it's exactly uh, what it is. Yes. Because let's let's remember, um, wasn't it? Well, I think we were on Metal Blade or Metal Edge Records, like when they first started out. That small label out of New Jersey mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's a little garage shit. Yes. Uh, you know, but but even as as you get even as you got into the more major label sort of stuff, as you get some money and that sort of thing. 
they still kind of stayed with that same that same song that same sort of uh, yeah they had the same producer back for all those albums and that was their sound you know and it's yeah. all they knew and it's all they had ever developed but on the black album they started working with bob rock who i i have some objections to he's kind of yeah but but he gave them that sound i mean he made the guitar super thick he made the drums really booming the bass really you know fat don't you think it was required because uh that's the era of them going on mtv and actually i'll never forget metallica during that black album was on fucking mtv every fucking 15 minutes and i mean to be able to be commercially widespread successful like that on mtv at that time you have to have that sound yes i would agree well i I would argue they probably have to have the more three and a half minute radio friendly kind of stuff but bob rock made them sound thicker and fatter they probably could have kept that old sound from their original producer and probably still had the same level of success but but you know metallica's taken on a different sound nowadays my point is on spotify I don't know when this came out, and there's some Metallica fans are probably going to tell me I'm way behind the cue ball on this one, <laughs> but they remastered every old album. They went back, and I, Bob Rock must have been involved because they took the original recordings and made it sound like their new sound. Interesting. And huh. all the songs on Spotify are the remastered. And normally when I see remastered, it's kind of a gimmick. Maybe you brighten things up a little bit. It yeah. sounds like an entirely different album. Do it's you think they the- re-recorded them? No. No. You can no. tell it's the original recordings and all that. But everything sounds so much better. The guitars are so much heavier. Even a song like Fade to Black, the acoustic guitars just sounds fuller and brighter. And then the fucking chorus kicks in. And you're like, this is Metallica Live. But they've, but, re- they've redone those recordings. There's also something uh, that is that has a charm to it with if going back to listen to Master of Puppets and noticing that it's a little thinner and a little rawer uh, that is nostalgic to me. That, that's oh, yeah. the same reason I listen to vinyl, dude, because I want to hear it as it was done at that time. Yeah, I think those albums were not done justice. No pun intended. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, hear them hear them reworked. I mean, you, I still have the original recordings, and you can find them on Spotify. But yeah, yeah, it is a night and day difference. And I was I was impressed for sure. Isn't that the same thing though? Is going to like a Rembrandt and like you know it needs a little blue here or a little brown here, and we would never do anything <laughs> you're right. like that. No, yeah. it's like cleaning an old Rembrandt that's gotten dirty and musty over the no, years. No, because you're I not bringing so. it back to an original <laughs> condition. You're but you're changing it. No. Yeah. Well, listen, listen, maybe, but I I dig it. It's what Metallica sounds like live when they play those songs. You're but very it's not a re-recording. But if you, but you know, if you're, if you're you. a fan and, and you, <laughs> if you're a fan and you like that, awesome. That's great. You know, yeah. for someone like me, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not that, I'm not that guy. You know, I, I want the original recording. I know what I like. Sure, sure. You know, yeah, listen, um, I, I can dig that and respect it for sure. But I don't know, man. I was listening to my car in a good sound system. And I was just like, I didn't even know it was remastered. And, and some of these songs started playing. I'm like, God damn, this sounds so much fatter and thicker. Then I started reading the fine print. I'm like, oh, remastered. Like, have, have you, uh, you, you guys know this because you've been in radio. You ever, it was silly, hear somebody speak on the radio and you know that their voice has been like processed. Sure. and everything and you're like wait a minute he doesn't sound like that this is bullshit yeah, yeah. you know that yeah. that's i guess the way i would i would kind of feel you know uh, i don't you know think I mean? it's i mean it's still it's still them it's still the original recordings they just are produced better 
And that was a Metallica's fault back then. That was just the sign of the time. So uh, yeah, I normally, I like I said, remaster doesn't mean much to me. Sure. But this is the first time I've heard something remastered where I'm like, I hear the difference and I fucking dig it. So yeah, hey, as long as you I like would it, encourage then. Metallica fans to go check it out and judge for yourself if you think the originals or uh, the remastered are better. But I'm sold. So thank yeah. you, Spotify. I appreciate it. <laughs> there, that's the one cool thing about the platform. Of I mean, there's just endless content for everybody. Yeah. We don't all have to dig the same thing. We could go find our own shit, right? Well, and if yeah. I saw the remastered albums on a store shelf, which I don't even think they do that anymore. I always joke about that on the radio. Like, where do you buy new music? It's all online, right? It's coming out in, I mean, uh, for instance, I mean, I'll just happen to say this because, you know, you brought it up. But uh, Dave has uh, just announced his release for his next studio record. Mm, yeah. Uh, and they uh, gave the people who subscribe to the warehouse, uh, which is his club online, uh, pre pre sale right to go buy vinyl, CD, digital download. Okay. So I, I mean, I was surprised they were still putting out CDs, but they are, and uh, vinyls obviously made a resurgence with. Yeah. The hipsters. Uh, the music lover. Yeah, I get it. Uh, my point is, if I saw a remastered Metallica album, I wouldn't buy it. But because I discovered on Spotify, sure. I'd be like, oh, hey, actually, <laughs> I probably would buy it. So There's another uh, great comment, Spotify, from a yeah. new set of ears. You're doing something right. Same with podcast. I don't think anyone's buying us off the shelf. But if you find us on Spotify, you'll find us. <laughs> and we're remastering ourselves every episode. We're always <laughs> yes. bigger and better. So. We're so always making changes. Those are my critiques on you, Spotify. Uh, give us a call. We're ready for you. So. Yeah, please. Anytime now. <laughs> we are uh, suffering for oxygen. Yeah, indeed. So, yeah. All right. That's my musical thing. Do we uh, move on to uh, dating or uh, other uh, topics yeah. in life? Go let's for get, it. Let's get to the Dottie story. All right. Well, apparently, uh, yes. Apparently, my person now is named Dottie because uh, uh, she and I have been going back and forth this week over. I told her a week ago that you guys came up with this name Dottie because we're not going to use her real name on the show. And I said, listen, we got a week. Otherwise, this Dottie thing's going to stick. I can't, I can't <laughs> right. stop it. You know, yeah. the momentum's already there. Unstoppable. And, uh, we failed to come up with a good name. So, <laughs> so here we are. You can, you can always go with Star. No, we're not changing it. I love it. Brewski came up with Dottie. I give him full credit for it. And I well, that, that's, I that's because I was, I was thinking of Elizabeth Daly, who was Dottie in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Well, when I told Rachel, I was like, uh, we're calling her Dottie. And she said, from Pee-wee Herman? And I was like, yeah. Ah, yeah exactly right. hey, good on her. Why did you just say star, by the way? Oh, because, that come I'm, from? because I'm sitting here, and uh, when I look off to my right, I have this milk carton here. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Let me yeah. explain for the for the people. That's Why? a reprint. Okay. He's not a psycho. <laughs> He's holding up a milk carton with a uh, missing kid on it. And where is that from, Brisky? Please explain. From the Lost Boys. This is Laddie, the little kid from Lost Boys. <laughs> And remember, he he was listed as missing and on the back yes. of the milk carton. And so I saw it. And so Laddie was looking at me sitting off to my right here on top of my fall guy lunchbox. And um, and I thought of star, you know, Jamie Gertz's character mm -hmm. from uh, the Lost Boys. And we have just paused for a brief space in Brewski's mind. <laughs> I mean, oh, what's that memorabilia he's got within arm's reach? Right. Oh, oh, this oh, is oh. Guy. 
Fall Guy, yeah, with the with the thermos too. Nice. That's an old yeah. metal lunchbox. Fall Guy's on Netflix, by the way. I just saw it last Ooh, night. Oh, really? Through there, so yeah. I'm nice. not going back to watch any more old shows, and I'll tell you why. Because I the fucking did it for MacGyver, and I was so fucking disappointed. I loved MacGyver when I was a kid. And yeah. I thought, oh, I'm going to go watch it as an adult. It is the hokiest fucking shit I've ever seen in my life. Right. And I thought, you know what? If that's MacGyver, then I'm fucking super MacGyver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing stupid shit. It's a fair point. I've noticed that with some stuff, too. I tried to watch a Knight Rider not too long ago. And I was like, man, I don't remember being this fucking corny. <laughs> but, and for the shows yeah. that were meant to be corny back then, it's a little easier. You know, I, I still watch Welcome Back, Kata, and all those shows. Shows oh. I watch, so uh, nice. I could do it with a comedy, but a drama, not so much. Oh, there's Vinny Barbarino, dude. Brewski's just holding up all kinds of gear. Are those? Be- is that a garbage pail? A metal garbage pail? That it is. Yes. That's Brewski a lives in a bird. '70s and '80s TV show museum. <laughs> yes, pretty much. It all works. I out love right. it, dude. That's a nice one. <laughs> I, I just find it odd that you said star because that's become. I, I always look for signs. Like, I believe in the concept that the universe points out things to you. Yeah. This, uh, stars has become a revolving theme. Uh, really? Yeah. One of my nicknames I, I'm calling Dottie is Stardust because... Oh, uh, that's awesome. It, it came about from Ziggy Stardust. And I, oh. I, you know, we were talking classic rock and Bowie, and I was just like, man, you're out of this world. You're fucking Stardust. That's what you are. And now I keep seeing all these star things. And uh, you know, I was behind, pulled out of her house the other day. The vanity plate in front of me was Stargazer. Uh, her her oh. teacher was talking about, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know something about the stars or the, you know, we'll guide you. And I'm just like, why, why is all the star stuff coming up all of a sudden? So there is something to this, Steve. All right. And I'm not going to, I don't want to crush your dream. But I know I what you're going to say, that you dial into these things and they're all out there. You sure do. You, I, I mean, you do, right? We see, a, we see a Corvette and we're like, oh, that's really cool. And then we start fucking seeing them everywhere. Right. Sure. You cannot assume that every sign in this world is designed for you. That would be very, uh, very uh, narcissistic, myopic sort of way to look at this world. There are signs out there for all of us. But you got to start to dial in on them. Listen. And, and yeah, when you when you start to pick up on them, you'll start to notice more. But if you don't start to pick up on them, you'll never notice. You're right. I'm not putting well, you down, dude. I'm not putting you down. Jack I, off my spirit. I've got I've, I've <laughs> got a, I've got a, I've got a stardust suggestion for you. Sure. So do you know do you know about the um, old casino in Las Vegas called the Stardust? Yes. Yes. Okay. Look at the look at a picture of one of the signs when you get a chance, and look at that that script that they came up with for that sign right there. And I guarantee you, you'll you'll. I mean, anything I can find Stardust, I buy for my sister because she loved that casino. Yeah, and yeah. She, lo- and she loves that 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 logo and that sort of thing. And yeah, uh, yeah you you might dig that because it's kind of fun. There's a lot of fun stuff out there. And by the way, let's just talk about that sign. I said, what's a name for Dottie? And the first thing he says is star. He didn't just list 50 things. Why would he pick star? Because he was staring at a picture. He just told you, dude. He's staring at 100 things right now. Look at a picture. <laughs> yeah, okay. In he my room, yes. This, this he didn't say, things. call her Vinnie Barbarino. Like, there's 100 <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Somehow he said this, star. Hmm. This is what I want to know. Are you on a pathway to doing ecstasy in the desert with this woman? I mean, are you going to start playing the bongos and uh, where are we going? Peyote. 
Uh, we actually have talked about bongo drums. Fuck though, me, dude. I knew it. I, I knew it. Here and, like, uh, <laughs> like, like butt bongo fiesta, like Howard Stern style? No. Oh, I've been playing some of those, too, actually. <laughs> Remember, your mom's listening, Stephen. Yeah, uh, we'll, yeah. We'll get to that part of the story, too. But oh, listen, boy. you are going to be at Coachella next year, and you will be at some desert music festival mm. dancing to EDM before we yeah. know it. I don't know about EDM, but good rock and roll or something, maybe. We've talked about shrooms. Um, good times. She is curious about them. She has microdosed before, but she's never full-on tripped. And I had told her, like, you know, Nick just brought this up. Why don't we all take a trip to Colorado where shrooms are legal now? So, yeah, we've dangled that possibility of, <laughs> of taking a trip. But good for right, you. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. So, anyway, so my point is uh, Dottie seems to be sticking because we did not come up with a better name. And uh, I don't know what else to call her at this point. And it's <laughs> kind of fun with Pee Wee Herman and all that stuff. So. And so it is decided. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> She last night was like, why don't we use my real name and just tell everyone it's a fake name? That'll throw them off. No, it won't. Well, and that, and that was like, I'm going to have to say it's a fake name every time I say your name. Otherwise, they'll assume it's a real name. And Yeah, people are going to be looking up Dottie for crying out loud. Right. Yeah. So, and there can't be that many nurses in her town named her name. It's kind of a unique name. So, so yeah. So, Dottie. So, Dottie and I went out uh, last week, midweek. We uh, went go-kart oh. racing. Hey, back up Ooh. for two seconds. Oh, sure. Yes. How how are you referring to her with this new nickname? Please do give me an example. Uh, hey, Dottie. How are you going? No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> your new one. Your new Stardust. Uh, Stardust yes. Yeah. Sleep well, Stardust. You know, talk to you tomorrow. Oh, You're just getting times. fucking romantic, dude. Yeah, good for yeah. you. I'm yeah. not normally a nickname guy either. My, I had a nickname for my wife, but it was based on a joke from Seinfeld. Uh, Schmoop-a-doodle, schmoopy-doop. Like, oh, schmoopy, what's up, schmoopy? Yeah, and so that became a joke. It was never anything, you know, romantic-based. And, um, you know, the Hindenburg, uh, no nicknames for her or anything. And, yeah. Which, I don't know. we came up with it after her, but that would have been a great one during. It, it would have been, yes. Blowing up in our faces. So. Yeah. So, yeah, no, the Stardust thing came out organically. I don't just in everyday conversation call her that, but, um, yeah, it's coming. When you lay her down to go to bed or, <laughs> or just say goodnight, I mean, and uh, not, uh, you know, can I get, let's have another cup of coffee, Stardust. I, I think it's okay to slip in here and there. You can't just do that kind of thing in nausea because then you become schmoopy doopy. Oh, then it, yeah, stardust. right. Now it's schmoopy doopy doopy. Right. Oh, Nickers, yeah. Nickers. So, uh, so Ziggy and I went out <laughs> the other night, and um, yeah, she suggested uh, go kart racing, and these are like the adult go karts that go like fifty miles an hour, right? And um, it was cool to see her on that mode because she had brought it up, like, could we go go kart racing? And I, I said, you give me anything with an engine on, and I'll go fucking tear it up out there. So yeah, let's go do that. And and she was a badass. She uh, she jumped the go a little bit in my defense. Like the guy with the flag she is like, ready. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she she treed harness. That's what she did. She treed him. Yes, I thought and, she uh, said she's never cheated, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I will tell you. Like the the guy told us, and like Tom Cruise taught us all, rubbing is racing. So that's you know, right. Don't, don't be afraid to get a little aggressive out there, but just don't you know push each other into the wall or whatever. It was a twelve lap race. I spent probably ten laps trying to catch up to her ass. Just you know. And I was uh, I was drifting on a few corners. I was doing my race knowledge of, you know, you either go wide so you keep your speed, or you cut in tight and then floor it. Like you know, you got to cut the <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I was doing everything I could to catch up to this uh, woman, and uh, yeah, I finally caught up to her at the end. And you actually win those things based on your best lap time. My best right. lap time, and I know how to fucking drive and race. I only beat her by 
0.2 seconds. Oh. Oh, wow. Well, you did beat her, though. I did, but just barely. So, you know, photo finish. But Fantastic. So, yeah, we had, a, we had a super fun night. We went back to her place. And this is one of these moments of like, yeah, I'm with someone cool. We go back to her house. We crack a beer. We take a few vape pits. And she's like, hey, you want to watch the Foo Fighters documentary? <laughs> I'm like, fuck yeah, I want to watch the Foo Fighters documentary. <laughs> like, oh, now you are a champion. I'm used to somebody like, you want to watch some old black and white movie? We can watch you are? the Wind or something. You want to watch Casablanca? Oh, the fucking Hindenburg loved old movies. I'm like, uh, shoot me in the face, please. Uh, <laughs> Uh, did you tell her you loved her after she won or you won the race? Uh, no, no. Good, uh, the good L word does not come up. Oh, good. It, 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 Are it's you going to share with us when it does? I just want to be warned for warned. <laughs> I'll tell you, it, it's poked its head in here and there. There's been a few what? like, oh, I love that about you, or I love oh. doing this with you, or something. Oh, you know, okay. it's, it's 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 floating in the stardust out there. So. Huh. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that, Steve. Well, I don't know, man. Well, let me. Uh, I'll get to the disapproval ratings that I'm getting in my life right now, momentarily. But okay. Uh, so we had a great evening. You know, we're we're drinking, we're smoking a little, we're watching Foo Fighters, and then we, you know, we're, like what? What? What are you laughing? Look at, at? Brisky. Is he throwing up? What's He's happening? stomach <laughs> you know brusky i was going to praise you as being one of the only people having my back right now so tremendous play by brusky so this is this is my thing this is that yeah i just i i worry about a guy friend that is is possibly saying yeah. love you i love you too early because i've been because i've been that guy Listen, I normally don't make it past the second date with someone I'm serious about without telling him that. So, so far, I'm no, doing pretty well, historically. I'm just, I, I mean, I've been there. I've been that guy. Mm. And, 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 and it's, just, it's, it's just a bad scene. It's, it's not a good choice. <laughs> That's the beginning of the end, huh? Being open and honest. No, 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 no. no, no. I, think, I think being more introspective and make sure so that when you actually do say it, yeah. you 100% rock solid mean it. Well, that's a great debate right there to have because that, you know you're right. I mean? That is a fucking fantastic debate to add because we say the word in so many meanings. Yes, I was well, thinking we sh- about that and we shouldn't, week. right? Well, like, I don't know if you should or shouldn't because I was thinking about like you know make sure it's real before you say it. But then I'm like, I love my cat. I love pizza. I love this talk show. There's so many things that I say I love. Like there is a wide spectrum, right? But romantic love is different. And if someone ever tells you they love you. And they spell it L-U-V-Y-A. They don't really love you. <laughs> okay. All right. You're right. I mean, it is a distinction, right? It is. Uh, you're right, Brewski. 100%. I think we should be more responsible with the way we say it. Only because it's such a fuck you to other people that you really do love. And if you just say it, you know, I love you. And right. you just have a small love. Well, it's a fuck you to everyone else. So <laughs> when you say it, Steve, well, when I, you do say it, yes. you got to be fucking exploding with with the emotion. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I, th- I just I just think that that it will it will mean more between both you and Dottie if when that that is said that. Yeah. It's something that that you genuinely feel. Like you, I, yeah, if, I agree. You, you, even if it's a week from now, if you one hundred percent in your heart feel I love this woman, 
then by all means, you know, and anyone who tells you it's too early, fuck them. Okay. You know, now you're back. Bruce. All right, good. <laughs> Brisky wants praise now. Steve. And I will say the love word in my house, like my kids and I say that word a hundred oh. times. I have been with my, the Hindenburg, you know, told me like you, your kids say that so much. My parents never said they love me. I'm like, we say it just like, I'm running out to get pizza. Love you. Like, I mean, it's it, it, the word flies around this house a lot. So. And well, then you should have a talk with all all of you, because listen, dude, that that word should not be so thrown around. When you tell your kids you Amongst love them, family, you mean it, yes. right? Yeah, yes. you mean it. Well, so I'm let's not just advocating case. for loosey goosey saying it to people. No, yeah, let's hold it to that standard. But love does grow, so I think it's okay to say it when you cross the threshold, and it, of course, should grow over the years, but you can't wait for it to reach 100% before you ever say it. No, I think but you're supposed will. to say, I, like, I love you one-tenth. I love you two-tenths, right? <laughs> right? Well, I mean, no, do a checkup so, with it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. All right, so like, have you guys ever seen the, the Payment Tommy sex tape? Yes. I mean, okay. clips, I guess. I don't know. I've okay. watched it cover but to cover. If you, if you watch it, right? They're, they're constantly telling each other, love you, love you, love you. And to me, it always be seemed, a lot of love there. From no, no, but it, it seemed to me like they were talking <laughs> themselves into it. Uh, like, like, you know, they were having yes, a I couldn't agree myself, more, Brewski. Remind you that remind them that I love this person. I love them. I love them. And, and to me, whenever couples use it too much with one another, I always think, you know what? They really don't actually love each other. They That's think fair. they do, but they're, they're trying to talk themselves into it so that it actually feels like they do. That's fair. I think once you cross the threshold, though, there's never enough love. Yeah, there's no, like, you're saying that too much or something. Well, I do, you're right. Yeah. I, mean, I, I guess I was always like somebody that, that eventually, like, I pick and chose when I, I would say it. Mm-hmm. You know, like well, open once, up your heart, Brewski. Let your love light shine. Oh no! Listen, I, I I can tell you exactly where I was the minute I told Jen that I loved her for the first time. Yeah, I was in front of the Bank of America on Broadway in Seattle. Boom! Lovely. And we were walking, we were walking <laughs> down to to go to the Capitol Hill block party. I can Boom. tell you without a shadow of a doubt. And at that moment, I was feeling. And you felt it, it right? Yeah, because it was yeah. the right time to, to the right time to do it. <laughs> yeah, the right time it was. Yeah. Fuck the Wells Fargo. I'm glad you waited for Bank of America. That's <laughs> no. no, listen, uh, the, it hasn't happened, and it's not going to happen until I feel it. And uh, once I feel it, though, then yeah, it can fly. So, so the rest of this night, um, yeah, we ended up, uh, you know, spending alone time. Will um, you be guilted into saying it? <laughs> okay because I, that's, that's that's an issue it's never come um, up before i'm always the first so i don't know you, <laughs> wow, well this okay. is new territory for you dude because yeah, yeah. if she says i love you and you don't feel it quite yet how how does that work are you honest i'll be like fist bump girl that's cool <laughs> <laughs> i think you're really special too so but what if her saying that then tips my scale over the, the, the precipice? It's fine oh, if it tips yeah. it out of love, but not out of guilt. I agree. I don't think I would say it out of guilt. Because so. you, you could, she could say it, and then all of a sudden, you, you, that hits you. And then all of a sudden, you're like, boom, you explode, and then that's it right there. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of like asking someone to marry you. You shouldn't ask if you don't know what the answer is going to be. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, you probably shouldn't say I love you if you're not pretty confident they're going to say it back. But yeah, yeah, no, there's definitely a threshold for all this. So, because I will, I will tell you this: that uh, this is a on the tail end of on the bad side of that that I love you thing, right? Yeah. 
So before Jen and I officially broke up and that sort of thing, probably about two months leading up to the breakup, I would punctuate a phone call with saying, I love you. And then there would be this awkward silence. And then uh, she would say, okay, well, yeah, I'll see you later. Bye-bye. Yeah. It can be an indication of the downward decline too, for sure. Uh, yeah, exactly. When the love you start getting pulled back. That's yeah. No, and I, I noticed, I've noticed that as well. <laughs> in yeah. previous things. So I agree. So anyway, so yes, uh, Foo Fighters spent the night together, um, fell asleep holding hands under the covers. Ow. Isn't that just adorable? Wow. That is. Yes. It's a great moment, dude. I mean, and, and that's your love language, right? It is. I like physical yeah. contact. Steve just likes physical contact, especially oh, okay. while he's going to sleep like that. I mean, come on. Okay. Yes. I usually will have a hand on the hip or, you know, holding hand. That was, that was, that was cool. In the car, I'm usually have my hand on her, you know, leg or knee or something. Like, I like contact. I like holding sure. hands, that kind of thing. So I get it. Uh, she invented an emoji just for me, I feel. She sent me a, uh, you know, the upside down smiley face. Yes. Okay. She sent the upside down smiley face with the kissing emoji next to it and said, that's a Spider Man kiss. Oh, wow. 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 I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, that is something, dude. It's getting deep in here. Dude. Oh, I'll, do a, I'll do a brewski and I'll grab my tchotchkes that are sitting around my. Uh, within oh, the yeah. Do you, still, do you still have the one, the Spider Man I gave you years ago without the. the without I do. The mask? It's, it's with my KTM. It's been in my garage. I always set it up on my workbench. It's always around my dirt bike. So, yes, the, it's, it's not on the ground. With the removable uh, Spider-Man mask? Yeah, I didn't get the mask. He just has the, the Peter Parker head. But uh, I didn't give you the mask with it? I'm sorry about that. That's uh, tacky, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I've told my kids, like, that's a, that's a brewski thing. Almost uh, every Spider-Man I have, I never buy this stuff. People always give it to me. And, sure. Yes. And, oh, yeah, brewski gave me one. So. <laughs> but, yeah, so I thought that was very cute. Um, so the next day we wake up. And I said, you know, it, it was early morning. She had to get off to her day. I had to get off to mine. But I felt like we had to have the conversation that we had all had on the show of, well, what are we calling this? Like, we're exclusive, but, uh, you know, so are we like boyfriend, girlfriend? Uh, what are we doing with this thing here? And she said, and? well, she said, I, I would certainly like you to be my boyfriend. Oh. And I said, well, I would certainly like you to be my girlfriend. So, oh, wow. Look at that. So there we go. <laughs> Little Steven I, growing up before our eyes. Right. I need uh, I need some celebratory music. What the hell happened to my computer? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's the music I was looking for, but uh, well, Dottie. Oh, uh, there it is. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, very nice. Oh, now you are a champion. Well, dude, you said it. You got it out of the way. You, yeah. you, I mean, you just locked it up. Indeed. Got to go for the sale, right? Get the yes. So, and like you said, if you're in a mutually exclusive relationship anyways, uh, that's basically yeah. what it is. And, and uh, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, so that's, uh, that's the biggest update for all of that. Well, good for you. Congratulations. Harness has got her on lock. Well, welcome to the family, Dottie. All right. <laughs> Come on in. Now, I will tell you, the other side of this coin, I've started to tell people in my life, like, hey, I'm in a relationship. Oh, and, oh uh, really? It's not been met with a smattering of applause, congratulations, or anything else. Uh, that's a fact. Yeah. There's what been did Misty have to say? 
there's been a, a lot of skepticism. And Misty uh, doesn't know, dude. <laughs> no. Come on, Misty knows everything. Misty's in the loop. Misty supports what I'm doing. She supports taking a step at a time, uh, looking for all the red flags. I'm keeping her in the loop on every nuance of this. So, but does she know you locked it down? That your boyfriend girlfriend? I haven't seen her since then. So what I mean, dude. She doesn't know yet. You're supposed to ask her before you do anything in your life, Stephen. It's funny that you say that because I, <laughs> I, I basically said something like that to her. Like, you know, should I be doing this? She's like, sounds like you are doing it. Like, I'm not here for permission. I'm here right. to guide you on your path, not tell you what to do. Yes. And that's the correct therapeutic answer. So You better lock it up. Right. You lock it up. So, lock it up. I'll be seeing Misty this week. We'll we'll certainly give her the status update. But uh, if she shows disapproval, will you uh, pull pull it back and say, well, "Yeah, I made it." She's an not going to show disapproval. That's not her job. I know. It's her job to make sure I'm proceeding in life in a healthy and uh, uh, alert sort of fashion. Yes, I'm not going to hide shit from her. I've I've laid out every you know every part of all this. So so yeah. We did have the, like, do we change our relationship status talk? And I told her, um, I said, oh, yeah. hey, you know, Dottie, here's the problem with that. I have a problem you don't because your kids are young. I'm Facebook friends with my kid. Oh, <laughs> and then you know what? They're coming back saying, hey, Dad, what's this all about? Right. So I got to talk to them personally about it before I start, to, you know, changing things on the, the old Facebook. So. And are you gonna, how are you going to break it to, you, uh, you know, old uh, Cross that uh, there are younger children uh, that are involved in this, too? We will cross that bridge soon. I told the kids uh, in between these last two episodes that dad is dating again, but that's all I'm giving you. Like, I've met a few different people. If things go down a serious path, I'll update you as, as you know, things unfold. But as of right now, I just want you to know if I'm, you know, because they know Saturday night I'm going out. I told them it, it is a date. And if you see some text or something coming in, like, yes, it could be a woman. So they're they're cognizant that I'm back out there. And, wh- and what was their reaction? Supportive, positive. Good. You know, Crosby uh, and Neo, my 16-year-old, they, you know, everything's sort of passe to them, it feels like. <laughs> uh, but Cross started having a few questions like, well, when do I get to know more? And what, you know, what questions can I ask? And, and he did him. He he's going to be, he's such a Walter Cronkite, dude. He's going to be an investigative journalist. I, that's where I feel he's going. I mean, he's got questions. He wants fucking answers. He does. And he clearly goes and thinks about these things because then I'll he see does. him again an hour later and he's going, hey, let me ask you one little question. He did the funniest thing. I don't know where he's picking up on this stuff from, but that night after I told him I was starting to date, he came up here in, the, in my studio where I'm always working at night, and he always comes up to get a good night hug when he's ready for bed. And oh. so he comes up, and I get up out of my chair, and I give him a hug, and he gets up on his tippy toes to hug me, and he steps back, and he looks at me, and he's like, boy, you really are tall, aren't you? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, dude. I said, you know, you're going to be tall, too. Like, you got my, my jeans in you, so you'll get there. And He's like, yeah, yeah, no, I see. And he's like, people always tell me about your voice. He's like, they always say it's like, you got this voice. And he's like, I really hear it now. Like, you really do have this voice. And he's like, you got this mountain guy beard, too. He said, you should put all this on your Tinder profile. <laughs> wow. He's giving you dating advice? Yeah. So how does he even know what Tinder is? Like the, the hookup. Well, I the think of, yeah. he, of course he knows, dude. You know what? Here's the truth of the matter. And I don't say this to frighten you, but I do. Yeah. He, if you could only get full honesty from your youngest about everything that he knows about, has seen on the web, sure. I think you'd be shocked, right? Probably. I think we all would. I mean, I would yeah. with my niece, everybody. You know, I'll say things like, oh, this is a great example. My brother, and I'll get into more of the story later this last week, uh, 
almost passed out from choking this week. Oh. And he got a little woozy, and he was standing next to the couch, and it looked like he was just taking this couch from behind. Uh, like, his knees were shaking. It just looked like he was humping the couch. Yeah. Oh. I So I stood up after he got his breath and went behind him and started, like, insinuating that I was fucking him in the butt. Yeah. My niece was around the corner, who's 10, by the way. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't even know you were there. Uh, I said, I'm sorry. And she was like, I know what humping is. And I was like, you do? You're 10. How do you know what humping is? They know. They have dogs. They see it. Here's my question. I would suppose that she's heard the term and has some, you know, it's something boys and girls do or whatever. Sure. I don't know if she fully understands. It's same with Cross and Tinder. I'm sure he's heard the term come up. It's a sure. dating app, but I don't think he knows it's like the hookup sleazy app <laughs> of all of them. Yeah. No, you're probably right. They get exposed to a lot of pop culture stuff that I don't know if they fully, you know, understand. What yeah. So if well, and we've already proven Cross is like you. Uh I I don't think nearly as much as Steve does. My brain has so fewer hours on it than yours does. Because, uh, I, I mean, I, sometimes I have deep thoughts, but it's not every minute of every day that you that I'm pondering life. And I could probably uh, afford to do it a little more often, right, to solve some of my own issues. <laughs> but There's a balancing um, act in there, yeah. But and I think yeah. that Cross definitely has picked it up. So he's he's a thinker, dude. Yes. I, I it doesn't surprise me that he said that to you. Yeah, no, he's a deep thinker and an overthinker and all that. So, so yeah. But as I've uh, I've started to tell a couple of people, um, I told my buddy Emily back in Michigan. She seems none yes. too thrilled. Uh, Nick, I knew that was <laughs> I knew that was coming. Uh, Nick's response last week was similar. Like, uh, what'd you say? Oh, if I got nothing nice to say, I'm just not going to say anything. Hey, yeah. listen, and I don't say that. I don't. You know exactly why I say it. I I'm do. I do explain. Listen, it. the point I want to make with you, with you, with Emily, with my mom. My mom was not too thrilled at first, and she said, "Your sister's going to be pissed off." I was like, "Pissed off? Well, what? <laughs> Everyone, I know where everyone's coming from, and I have. Yeah. Here's the thing: no one wants to see me get hurt again. I totally get that, mm-hmm. and everyone wants to make sure I'm learning from mistakes of the past, and I fully get that. If anything, I'm oh. I'm over paranoid right now. I told nick this week every nice thing Dottie says i i'm like oh that's so sweet wait a minute are you manipulating me like it's not <laughs> like I, i'm taking it probably too far to the other extreme so sure part of what i'm working that's on that's no way to be right i mean come yeah, on yeah, i mean there's some good to be cautious obviously but you don't want to be paranoid there's right. a difference between caution and paranoia so hear um, you say that <laughs> yeah so I, I i get that everyone you know is just doesn't want to see me get hurt again it's got nothing to do with Dottie as a person it's got to do with my past and my baggage but and hopefully she knows that it, it does weird me out to think oh i know Dottie's listening to this podcast at some point like i don't want her to think oh you're your best friend's a fucking asshole dude he never has anything nice to say about us it's not that at all i i don't uh it already came up because you know she heard last week's show and she basically her immediate response was i have friends telling me the same thing like she's not been divorced for that long and she's you know got friends just take it slow and steady make sure like you know yeah 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 and there are i've already told you guys like there's stuff that will automatically slow us down and by the way like part of the craziness of my breakup was not just that the relationship ended it was that i was thrown out of the kids and i were thrown out of our home locks were changed well, lawyers yeah. got involved like i will never put myself in that vulnerable a position again 
where I'm under someone else's roof, technically. And yes. They can do that kind of shit. So, sure. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it wasn't just a breakup. It was, it was, you know, it was brutal and inhumane, you know, immoral, illegal sorts of ways. So yeah, yeah. I'm not going to do that again. Um, but, uh, so yeah, so my mom, you know, <laughs> we're talking on the phone and she's like, I was still Steven, like, you know, just, uh, <laughs> I don't want you know, she just slow down. I don't want to see you get hurt. All the, you know, all this, like, uh, and just being yeah. like, the funniest fucking thing happened with my mom. So we're wrapping up this call and she's like, well, I want to see what Dottie looks like, you know, send me a picture of her. <laughs> my mom's not very tech savvy, so she can't check a text while being on speakerphone like all of us could. Sure. So I texted her a couple of pictures and then she calls me back. She was like, why were those nudes? I didn't want nudes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, she may have appreciated it because my point is my mom is apparently like one of my high school friends. She calls me back and is like, oh, my gosh, Steven, she is so beautiful. She's so beautiful. I approve. I approve. <laughs> really? Because she's hot, mom. Now you approve. This the is beauty that gotcha. Apparently. And I can tell you, this triggered an old memory of uh, when I was in like eighth grade. I had my <laughs> girlfriend. And I don't know. She wasn't stunning gorgeous. She had some sort of weird little features. But um, I we were at some community event, and I told my mom, like, hey, that's Jody. That's the girl. That's my girlfriend. My mom looked at Jody and was like, oh, no, 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 Steven. You no, know no, better no. than that. No, you can do better. I think she said that. You could do better than that. And I was wow. like, wow. Like, that wow. Was devastating that my mom doesn't approve of the look of my so, yeah, so she said Dottie was beautiful, but then she said something that uh, I just started laughing out loud. She said, well, Stephen, I, I, I've noticed that Dottie's body type is uh, much different than your uh, most recent ex. Oh, <laughs> my mom just called my ex fat is what that translates to. <laughs> right. Uh, my ex was curvy, and uh, I've joked on the show before. Like, I love my person. I don't care what your body type is. But there was a few times I saw her naked where I'm like, did my vasectomy not work? Because you look pregnant. Like, <laughs> oh, like she had this weird paunch. It wasn't just round. It was, you know, bold. Yeah, right. And apparently my mom picked up on these things, and it was nice of her not to tell me during the relationship. But to hear my mom say, like, yeah, oh, dude, your new girl's got a, a different body type than your last one. That's <laughs> a very diplomatic way of saying it. And Dottie is thin as a rail. So the, the implication was quite clear to me. That's funny, dude. Who knew? That Mrs. Harris was right. all into the vanity of your relationships. Exactly. She wants me to be with the top shelf woman. So I guess uh, I guess mom's come around. I got her approval. Uh, and ironically, I think the uh, the two people that you know were on board right away are Brewski and my dad, who has been married eighteen thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> so my dad was just like, "Oh yeah, she's beautiful, son. Like have at it." No, uh. And he was like, how old is she? I was like, "Uh, she's 10 years younger. He's like, perfect. That's great. Yeah. (laughs) You're going in the right direction. (laughs) Hey, at least at least she's not telling you that, you know, she has to pass the Christmas tree test. What is it? The Christmas tree test. What is it? Oh, useless after the 25th. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) that's funny. Oh, it is. So, yes. So there you go. I'm uh, uh, yeah, got a girlfriend. So there you go. All right, dude. Well, congratulations, dude. We're all pulling for you. I appreciate that. Yes. The other thing I want to point out just for everyone, too, on this whole, like, let's make sure Steve's overly cautious and 
maybe raining on my parade a little bit. Sure. Um, hold on. I've got some audio I need to play. Um, I have a microphone in my in the Hindenburg's house right now. And, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, here's, oh, there's her and her friends. As we all know, the Hindenburg is a terrible narcissist, and narcissists want to control how people see you. So I don't want you guys doing her dirty work. She would love to know that you guys are casting doubt on this or dispersions or Steve's sure. cars off. Or she would love to know that there is any dissent caused by her. Oh, my newest oh caused by her. Get dude. over yourself. Right. You, that's so a don't lot. feed that's into That's so that. much fucking pressure to put on me, dude. Yeah, I knew it would stop you, so that's why I said it. <laughs> that's so, <laughs> so much fucking pressure, dude. This is what I'm talking about, Brewski, when I tell you that Steve never st- stops thinking. That fucking diabolical plan <laughs> that he came up with over the week, <laughs> he just it's unleashed. It's I'm sorry if the reality is, is poignant, oh. but she would love to know that I told someone, hey, I got a girlfriend. They're like, oh, boy, I remember the last one, though. Like, is your radar off? Are you going to get hurt again? Oh, she's just giggling. Yeah. Her and her horse friends are just giggling. <laughs> there, so. so, Well, I will reserve that judgment from here on out as uh, for only your fiancés. <laughs> <If I'm there, laughs> right. Save it for off air. Don't give her the satisfaction <laughs> of, uh, of hearing any dissent. All right. So there you go. Well, good, dude. Let's let's uh, let's play it safe, play it good, feel it all, do it all, go for it. Yeah, but in all seriousness, guys, I mean, she's an amazing woman. I, I like her a lot, and um, things are good and happy. So I just want to see where that goes. So yeah, yeah, there but you I go. will be cautious. I know everyone will keep me in check, and uh, and on we go. Thanks, Steve. You're welcome. I have an article here. It's called "Mind Blowing: Seven Surprising Reasons Women Start to Hate Their Men." Oh, Would man, you like- I don't know if I need to listen to this. <laughs> like, I'm okay. just going to be counting on my finger. Should we do this? Does anyone else have another direction we want to go? Another article we want to read? What do we want to do? No, let's do no, it. Let's honest, go dude. for it. Yeah. All right. So this is time for a self-reflection <laughs> for us guys, I guess. And we'll determine if anyone is, uh, if any of these reasons are a little off. All right. So again, this is from a, a website called Friends Hub. I, I saw it on some other website and clicked onto it. Um, seven surprising reasons that women start to hate their husbands is the actual title. All right. Uh, number one, and this, I don't even, I don't even understand what these words mean. Number one, he denies you sex. Is that, do people do that? I'm going to write these down, dude. I'm going to mark mine down. Okay. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to be honest for the whole survey and I'll mark mine down. See what he kind denies of you sex. If you pair this with not communicating with your partner, it can have a detrimental effect on your relationship. The key is to figure out the underlying reasons behind why you're being denied sex. Is there something that has recently altered the relationship? If so, it's essential to approach the situation with empathy and understanding. Mm. So, Sound advice. Do we want to break these down one at a time, or how do you want to do this here? Any comments, any thoughts on this? Uh, comments. Have I ever <coughs> denied sex? I mean, uh, not uh, not entirety or, or entirely, but there. I, I have said like, Phew, I'm not, I'm not feeling great. Yeah, exactly. You know, I've said that kind of shit before. Yeah. In all seriousness, yes, one out of a hundred times. When I'm in a relationship and you're living with somebody, which is completely different than dating and not living together. Because if you're only seeing somebody once a week and you come over and you're like, yeah, I don't really want to have sex. Yeah, that seems like a bit of a red flag to me. When you're living with someone, though, I think it's okay on one night to be like, actually, I'm kind of tired or I don't feel super well. Like, love you, all that stuff, want you, but just not tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But okay. the article makes a good point. Like, if there's reasons behind why you're denying sex, if you're masking it, then you know, yeah. you've got an issue, maybe. you got yeah. you got to have that discussion. Yeah. Uh, number two, and this makes sense to me, he flirts with other women. Do you need to constantly show off your partner's wedding ring to other people? While some men may do this as a playful or ego-boosting move, others may not realize how hurtful it is to take revenge on their partner by flirting with other women. I think it's weird, dude. I mean, I, I if if my wife was, you know, actively, intentionally flirting with somebody else, I'd find it odd and hurtful. I think that's dumb. Does that make me terrible? I no, mean, of weak. course it would be hurtful. I mean, there's a fine line between being friendly and being flirty, but if sure. it's really flirtatiousness for sake of just batting your eyes or whatever it is, uh, <clears throat> no, that's that's totally inappropriate. Agree, Brewski. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> absolutely, one hundred percent. All right, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I mean, that's not something that, unless there's problems or you're one of those, one of those couples, um, <laughs> then it's that it's the not, open it's couples. That, yeah. Yeah. Uh, then uh, yeah it's it's probably not something you want to engage in yeah I've always had this philosophy and I think Nick and I talked about this years ago I think it is okay if you're watching if you and your person are sitting there watching a TV show or a movie it's okay to say boy Jennifer Aniston she is so hot like yeah but you don't say it about the waitress or the next door neighbor yes yes or or in a therapy session and talking about, you know, the waitress's underwear that might be sticking out of the back of her, her pants or something like that. And I wonder, if, I said, are they lacy? Uh, are they pink? Well, what, but I what thought it was a safe place. I thought it was safe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not here. I'm sorry. So, yeah, no, you should never be flirting with somebody else. So. Yeah, that's negative, dude. Right. So I would agree with that one. Uh, number three on the... Uh, uh, the seven surprising reasons women might start to hate their person. So far, these haven't been surprising. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number three, you want to feel the satisfaction of cheating on him. <laughs> I would, that's not surprising. I would think that's a, that's a red flag right there. If you, uh, Let's see here. Obviously, that's a problem. Like, why Why are we saying, you know what, that might be a problem? That is a fucking problem. Big problem. It says, when a married woman is particularly drawn to someone else, they may unconsciously begin to harbor negative feelings towards their current partner to justify their attraction to the other person without feeling guilty. Oh, yeah. If you find yourself having strong feelings for a man at work, this is talking to the woman, uh, and he may feel the same about you, you may use those feelings of resentment toward your husband as a justification for infidelity dude i'll tell you this that i with a past relationship of heather the guy the girl that you guys both know yeah uh, i wondered about that after we split up there was no infidelity i know that but i wondered if there was anything to that of like maybe she was crushing on somebody and it started to make my faults come up you know that she didn't notice before the grass is greener kind of thing yeah yeah Yeah. complete grass is greener thing dude so you know what i'm sure it happens all the freaking time in fact i know people who are a part of that whole whole deal so yeah that happens it's a fucking problem next we've talked about it with the hindenburg that there was this cowboy dude that was all oh, yeah you know flirting with her and and i pulled her side once it was like you know that guy's got a crush on you right and she played innocent and maybe she didn't really pick up on it but once i told her 
that this guy clearly likes you. Like, you should not probably be leading him on. I'm not saying you can't hang out with him, but just make sure you've got some boundaries going. Like, they would go on sunset horseback rides together because she was like, I need someone to go ride with. Like, I get that on your side, but that dude sees the romance of it. You and don't she, know how to salsa dance. He's my salsa dancing partner. Right. But after <laughs> yeah. I pointed it out, the behavior didn't stop. Right. No. And that became a problem eventually for me. Uh, it was a lack of respect, dude. Just mutual respect, right? Yes, for our relationship and for yes. this poor dude. That yeah. I'm sure it boosts your ego to know that he's drooling over you, but it's not cool to him. It's not cool to me. And you're kind of being a dick tease. So. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Knock it off. Uh, number four on the list, when he cheated. <laughs> Is this surprising that she would hate you? It's <laughs> <laughs> fucking so stupid, dude. You ran out already? Right. This is a challenging situation to deal with. The I can't stand my spouse, uh, my sister cried, when he was supposed to be away at a conference, but he was unfaithful with another woman. This can be one of the most complicated relationship challenges to overcome. Really? Not only has your trust been damaged, but your partner has also expressed a desire to be with someone instead of you. I'm surprised. <laughs> it, might have an st- it might have an STD, too. I mean, there's a hundred problems there. None of that surprises me that that might be a reason she hates you. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> hey, dude, I don't know how you, you, both of you guys feel about this, but uh, Rachel is divorced. Her husband was a fucking cheater. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we have varying opinions of cheating in relationships about how can you can a relationship get over a cheat? Mm. And I mean, they can for different people, but I've been clear and concise since the beginning of us being together. I don't forgive that. I don't. I mean, it's the one thing probably you could do to me that I would just be like, I don't forgive it. Yeah. You know, and I think it kind of strikes her because when she was going through that, they tried to go to therapy to save the marriage. Yeah. And I just can't fucking imagine that, dude. I mean, in the minority here. That's that's a bridge that once once you go across, it's like, how how do you actually go back? Right. You can't. That's oh, I can't. I'll say that. I will tell you, as a as a young lad, uh, back when Bill Clinton got the blowjob with Monica Lewinsky, yes, I I openly criticized Hillary Clinton for not leaving her husband. Like he cheated on you, you should leave the guy. As I've grown older, I've realized that no one understands a relationship except the two people in it. Sure, yeah, and I don't. There are some scenarios where maybe like you know, and Jamie never cheated, but I'm saying like we were together 17 years. If 15, 16 years in, if we had drifted apart and she decided to go do something like that, like there may be a foundation there that is strong enough that we could get to the root of why this happened and maybe we could get over it. But I I tend to be like you, Nick, where like, no, you cheat, it's done, it's over, especially if you're dating or a boyfriend-girlfriend situation. Like, again, maybe if you've got kids and all these years under you, maybe there's a way to work through that. I want to be open-minded enough or not judgmental enough to say maybe some relationships could. And, and we obviously some relationships do. I mean, there are people this happens to, and they're able to have a successful marriage afterwards. I just don't know. I don't know that I'm one of them. Yeah, I think it would be um, very, very difficult to ever get over something like that. So. All I could hear in my head for the rest of time is once a cheat, always a cheat. <laughs> you know, like, uh, I mean, everyone says it. It's, they say it for a reason. I understand there are people who have, you know, been faithful after cheating once, but come on. I think it's like a lot of things on this list. Why? What's the reason behind it? Are you just a cheater? You don't believe in, you know, in commitment? Uh, were you trying to hurt me? Like, 
there, there is a little something why behind it, but boy, it's one out of a hundred. I was talking to my cousin once, and we have, I mean, we're good friends. We have deep conversations, uh, but it's usually over text because our schedules are so different. Yeah. And she asked me one time, she was like, what would be harder for you to get over, physical cheating or emotional cheating? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I got a fucking problem with both of them, but... Uh, Probably emotional, dude. I mean, that tears me apart even more than the physical cheating would. And that would tear me apart. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But uh, she was asking me because she knew someone who was in the position of doggy style. Yeah. <laughs> husband was cheating uh with a wife uh you know it was all emotional up until this point right and uh her girlfriend found out about it obviously she was devastated but she was like well at least he didn't physically do it that's a tough one how do you tell the difference between a guy friend and an emotional affair she's having because i'm not so insecure that if you're you know your buddies with a guy I, I, I just talked about emily one of my closest friends as a girl yeah so I, there's a gray area there between you're friends with a guy and you're having an emotional affair with a guy. Yes, for sure, dude. I get that, but you are you're you're having a relay. You know, first of all, you'll know. Here's my rule of thumb, okay? Not that I ever look at my wife's text, but I would expect for both of us that if she picks up my phone, she could read anything that's on my phone, and I wouldn't be like, "Oh, don't look at that," or "I didn't mean it like that." You know, like. You should be able to read through my phone and not find anything fucking weird. I got a ton of girls that are friends. Most of them are friends with my wife as well. But yeah, yeah, you can have I'm friends with my ex, dude. We still talk on the phone. Yeah, no, for sure. I get Uh, it. My my, you know, the Hindenburg ex there. She was she was paranoid because she she did cheat once. And um, I think if you're capable of cheating once, you're going to be capable of it again. And now she always wondered if. You know, was I going to do that? I can't tell you how many times I handed her my phone. I gave her my bank account once. I said, here's the login. Go look. I'm not hiding anything. <laughs> That's fucking uber abuse and control, dude. Yeah. So and at the time, I was so proud of like, you can accuse me of anything because I haven't done it. So go ahead and read every text on my phone. But yeah. you're right. Like, that's a terrible red flag that I should have obviously picked up on. Yeah. Anyway. So, a lot of times, it's uh, that's um, a projection. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. Because she had cheated and was worried that someone would do it to her or whatever else. And yeah. So, yeah, no, for sure. All right, back to the list here. These are the uh, seven surprising reasons that women would start to hate their man. Uh, number five, he ignores you. What was his motivation for marrying you? <laughs> what kind of relationships are they talking about? You sound very what? unhealthy, yes. Oh, come on. It, does that, you, you don't ever just ignore somebody that you're angry at. Well, oh, sure, but I mean, if I, my general attitude towards Rachel oh. is that I ignore her, I would, no, no, I, I mean, would like, expect her to go. Like, but like, like if you're an argument sort of thing, you know? Yeah. No, yeah. I, I, there's a time and a place for everything, Brewski. <laughs> right. Uh, it says, uh, what was his motivation for marrying you? Whether it's a small request like asking him to take out the trash or bringing up important issues that need to be addressed, this individual is, uh, is in denial and hoping that by ignoring issues, they will simply disappear. So this is not a communication issues. If your communication's falling apart, then yeah, she's going to start to hate you. I do notice, dude, as I get older, I am a guy who has hearing issues, like selectively, where I notice myself a lot being like, what was that? I, I, I always go in to get the comment, but I don't hear it the first time. 
Mm. And you think that's selective hearing? Because I have tinnitus, so I have to say that a lot of like, I didn't pick up on that. Can you repeat it? It's complete selective hearing, dude. And I know that because uh, it's become a habit of I never answer the first time. I always say, (laughs) what was that? Just because I want to hear it again, dude. I need to hear it again. You are married to a lawyer, though. That may, You may have picked up on that. <laughs> Can you repeat true. the question, please? I want to make <laughs> right. sure. I, <laughs> Maybe I'm just being responsible, right? <laughs> Can you read the question back to me, please? I want to... <laughs> well, I, I will admit that there have been times in the past where I'm like really pissed and the Jen was like yelling at me about something. And yeah. I heard everything she said, but I kind of stu- stood there like I didn't hear it. And then she, when she'd say, did you hear me? Okay. Nope. Say something. <laughs> and I'll ask her to repeat I'm, the question so I can think of a response. Yeah. No, no, no. I was doing it because I wanted her to make it seem like I wasn't listening at all. Yeah, you were trying you to, to come off as aloof. Did, did you say something? And uh, oh my god, you're goddamn right. I said something, and it, and it doesn't make anything better. But inside, I'm like just laughing my ass off. You know. Right. That's yeah. a favorite relationship joke of mine that I never get the laugh reciprocated where, you know, the woman will be like, you know, men never listen. I'm like, I'm sorry, what'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> they never find it funny. I think it's clever, but uh, Rachel know, does like, that to me all the time, dude. And I never laugh at it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, what do you say to a woman with two black eyes? <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> She's not listening. So why say anything more? <laughs> yeah, she didn't That's hear you the first fucking... two times. Why would you say it again? <laughs> She didn't hear it the first few times. It's a terrible joke. I know. It's awful. That's so funny. You're right. I heard the stand-up that's got a bit where he calls the women's shelter, and he's like, hey, is Jane there? And they're like, no, no one named Jane is here. He's like, well, when she gets there, tell her I'll never do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Who said that? Who was that, Steve? I don't remember. It was some stand-up. The unnamed comedian. but. Uh, All right. So, uh, yeah, so that one was he ignores you. Number six on the list is he belittles you. Being, being <laughs> this is one hell of a relationship, dude. Right? Wow. I think, yeah, probably any one of these is plenty. But <laughs> I would uh, say so. That, that one. It says being constantly belittled by a partner can be incredibly damaging. Hmm. Also abusive. Right. It's crucial to handle the situation carefully, as a man who diminishes your worth may progress to emotional or physical abuse. Yeah, watch what you're saying over there. <laughs> <laughs> it's essential to have a relationship if it turns abusive, as you deserve to be. Wait, it's. I'm sorry. It's essential to leave a relationship. <laughs> Was that Freudian, dude? <laughs> Maybe. As you deserve to be treated with respect and dignity. Oh, really? No shit. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, if you're constantly belittling. <laughs> God, dude. It does seem bad. And number seven on the list, last one here, when he nags. This is a little more of a gray area, I guess. Depends on what your definition of nagging is. Uh, quote here, sweetheart, can you retrieve the laundered clothing? Is this a foreign website? No, that's uh, possible. Darling, English, have you taken English, care of the uh, uh, of the payments? Love, do you have a timeline for completing the uh, home tidying? Dude, I'm British. I, I would die. I would die if that was my life. Well, Rachel no. does not nag me, and it doesn't mean she doesn't ask me to do shit because she does. But I am known for procrastinating, and I will usually ignore it for a little while, and then I'll get to it. But she does not <laughs> nag me. I We wouldn't make a good nagging couple because I'm terrible. I fucking procrastinate, dude. So if she nagged, can you imagine? 
Yeah. <laughs> so I'll tell you, when Jamie and I first started uh, marriage counseling, when you know divorce seemed imminent and the topic had come up, and you know this marriage counseling was sort of our last ditch effort to see if we could uh, salvage things. Sure. So we sit down on the first day of, of marriage counseling, and uh, the shrink asked Jamie, like, "Give me an example of something Steve does that drives you crazy." And she said, "He he doesn't do the dishes, or he waits a day to do the dishes. He does them the next morning, not the night of." And I look at the shrink. I'm like, this is why we're here? Like, because I'm not doing the dishes? I can fix this. <laughs> well, and it's yeah. why I obsessively do dishes nowadays, because I got in that habit over the course of that marriage counseling. But my shrink looks at me and she says, there's a book called, yes, she'll leave you because you didn't do the dishes. You should probably read it. And she was like, it's not about the dishes. It's about the bigger issue of the fact that she feels she has to keep telling you and nag at you. And why aren't you doing the dishes? Why don't you respect me enough to do the dishes, the dishes that did? I'm just like, oh, God. 17 years, I'm in, I'm, I'm bordering on divorce because I wait till the next morning to do dishes. Like, it seems so trivial to me. But yeah. I do know, I can tell you from personal experience that when I do procrastinate, at some at points in our relationship, Rachel has come to me and she was like, "At this point, like, yeah, it just seems like you have no respect for me. Like, I've asked you several times, yes, you haven't exactly. done it, and it just seems like you don't have any respect for me." And she's right, dude. I was disrespecting her completely, so it can get to that. Is that really what it was? Because I was never like, "I'm not doing those dishes tonight." Stick it to you. I'm like, "Yes, no. I'm, 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 I'm stuffed from dinner. I'm stoned. Sure. I'm, late. I'm tired. I'll do them in the morning." Like I didn't mean to send this grand message, but apparently, yeah. No, well, little shit, dude, starts adding up. And you know, when I don't, uh, I got a fucking drawer in our house, and I've got much more than a drawer. But I'll just use <laughs> the drawers in a fucking example that is. When we moved in, I was like, I'm never filling this fucking junk drawer up, so I got to fucking, like, shake it to get it out again, right? And let me tell you, that drawer now, dude, every time I'm like, there's so much fucking stupid shit in this thing. It's just a little bit at a time until it becomes a huge problem, dude. Power cables, everything in there. Uh, yes, dude. I got collapse. fucking lifesavers in there. I mean, there's everything in there. Yeah. You never know when you might need it, though. That's what I tell myself every fucking time, dude. I might need that someday. But it's a metaphor for the relationship. It yes. starts off okay in a piece at a time, and eventually it's a clusterfuck in this drawer that's going to fall on your foot and cut your veins open. I married a couple that actually, uh, you know, I'm getting ready to go to Austin for this uh, law convention thing. And there's a couple who comes that Rachel and I become good friends with them, and I married them. And the whole theme, polygamy thing? What do you think? No, dude. I'm a minister of the fucking cloth, dude. Come on. Oh, sorry. Sorry, sir. Uh, I, married, <laughs> <laughs> I married them. And the whole theme of that ceremony was forgetting to fucking water your plants, dude. Like, oh. yeah. Yeah. I mean, the plant will live for a while, right? It's going to die eventually. Yeah. But fucking water that thing, dude, because you'll wake up one morning and you'll be like, oh, fuck. It's too late. It's dead. That is exactly what happened in my marriage. I, I've learned a valuable lesson that relationships are a plant. You've got to take care of them. You can't just go on cruise control. You can't just assume it's forever. So, yeah, that's very wise of you, Nick. Thank are those people still together? Or they are, dude. Not? We're going to see them this week. All right, good. They've got two children. What a great family, dude. You know what? Can I be honest with you? And I take Please a lot do. of pride in this because Rachel always fucking just champions me up about it. Yeah. Every ceremony that I've performed to this point, and I've got, you know, some 14, 13 years shit going on here. Yeah. <laughs> no one's divorced yet. 
So no, you're no. why I got divorced because fucking big man officiated, <laughs> yes, not you, dude. Yeah. Yes. that's hey, all your fault. Had you asked me, I would have fucking shown up in a real tuxedo, dude. Oh yes, Nick did famously show up to my backyard wedding in a t-shirt tuxedo, <laughs> which didn't age well with my then wife. Champion, <laughs> thank you. Well, congrats on your your uh, batting record. So that's impressive. So yeah, hopefully that couple won't tell us this week. Hey, we're right. we're getting divorced. You it's been real well take it very personally if they do it's all I will. so all right nick you had asked me to flag you when we were over two hours we're just uh, over that threshold so i don't know if we want to have any other topics we want to wrap it up for this fine edition yeah is the list done uh yes that was the seven things you're going to do to make her hate you and they all seem relatively valid at least six yes. of the seven did so all right, Bruski. I would anything? call it the common sense list. Yeah, yeah, that would be the common sense list. I would think so, also. Yeah. Right. Oh, uh, should we do our bodies? I mean, we keep putting bodies off, we and we're just collecting a den of bodies. I've lost track at this point, so I was hoping one of you would actually have a list. Well, especially with well, the, <laughs> no, a, we shouldn't do it because there's too many. Listen, Loring died yesterday. Uh, is that Wednesday, Adams? Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah, Wednesday's dead. That's all that for sure. I, I feel like I need to give her the salute, though. Come on. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let Just the for bodies Wednesday? hit the floor. No, we got more, Steve. Oh, okay. Let the bodies hit the <laughs> Listen, we got like that YouTube. <laughs> yeah, flag, flag it. Create more work for Steve. Why don't <laughs> disrespect uh, these poor people more? <laughs> Uh, we finally found out today what happened to Lisa Marie Presley, who we've lost to the other side. Uh, yeah, Rainbow what happened Ridge, to her, if you will? Yeah, what did happen? Uh, she was she was on a high dose of opioids. Oh boy! And uh, she it said something. I, it, don't hold me to this fact checkers, but it was close to this. Okay, like anywhere from thirty five pounds to fifty pounds in two weeks in the last two weeks of her life. And she wasn't didn't have an illness like cancer or anything. I mean, she wasn't eating. Was it a hunger strike? I don't know. But she had large amounts of opioids in her. So who well, knows? that'll do the trick. Did she die on the toilet? Keep the family tradition alive? No. Mm, well, okay. No peanut butter and nano sandwiches for her. You don't want to live in your father's shadow. I get it. Who else died, Bruce? Anyone you can think of? Well, yeah. For me, Ken Block. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ken Block. It's, it's interesting to me that you know Ken Block because I know him as well, and you and I know him from two totally different worlds. Yeah, I mean, I know he does the, the, the rally stuff, obviously, but that's not yes. why I I follow him for more of the the Hoonigan and uh, Jim Connor stuff that that he does. And if anybody hasn't seen those videos, what that man could do with a car, not even rally wise, I'm talking like on a street, just yeah, yeah. out of just insane. Yeah, see, and, I know him from the dirt bike off-road world. He's a big hero. He does he does the rally stuff. He's not a dirt biker, but he's famous enough in the off-road world that I at least had heard about him. I didn't even yeah. know he was the Hoonigan, the Hoonigan guy. Yeah, he, he he's the one that started Hoonigan, and uh, I have one of the license plate frames, I, I the keychain. I mean, I, all the videos, just amazing. Um, yep. And then the way he died, though, with that, that, and that snowmobile accident, yeah yeah they called it freak snowmobile accident why do they call it freak what what happened i don't know the details he was going up a, a steep grade and what happened was the snowmobile kicked up and then it fell backwards and fell on top of him and he suffocated in the snow being... no it cried it weighed over 500 pounds so think about how fast he's going 
and then that kicked up, and uh, now all that. I guess I would have assumed the snow was deep enough to just shove them in, but no, it just crushed them, huh? It crushed them. Oof, wow. that doesn't yeah. seem very freak to me. It seems like a a risk you take when you go snowmobiling, right? I would never expect to be crushed by one of those things. Normally, you get thrown off of vehicles like well, that. And the and snow also, out west, I mean, where I am, you, you would not be crushed. You'd be shoved in the snow and probably suffocate because you couldn't get the thing off you. Sure. No, so, but the other thing, too, is, is that when you think about probably the rate of speed he might have been going because mm, he's that, a but, yeah. well, not just that, but that snowmobile was, in true Ken Block fashion, completely just like the engine was like maxed out and even a turbo on it. Yeah, maximum weight. Yeah, sure. Yeah, they said they said it weighed over 500 pounds, close to 600 pounds um, with the gasoline in it. And that, mm-hmm. and that that weight with all that momentum, what when it came back down and crushed them, yeah. it's just bam, you know. Yeah, I can see that. I watched Supercross this last weekend, and Hoonigan is not. None of the major riders are sponsored by that. They all have other clothing companies that do their shit. But Alpine Star, who does most of the big riders, they made limited edition Hoonigan inspired Supercross gear for these guys, and they all wore it last Saturday night in Anaheim. Yeah, they you know had a moment of silence for the races and all that stuff. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, because one Ken company is, would bridge that gap. Ken, Ken was is, was super tight with Travis Pastrana, and we all yes. know what a Ricky badass Carmichael. bad. Yeah, yeah. The Ricky Carmichael, Travis Pastrana, and Ricky Carmichael are. So yeah. you know, Vin Diesel. You know, I've got to, I've got my my <laughs> Travis Pastrana dirt bike guy right here. <laughs> oh wow, that's a good one, dude. That is a good one. I don't know about Vin Diesel, but uh, <laughs> come yeah. on, dude. Uh, let's let's talk about the Fast and the Furious. Sure. Love it all. I love Triple X, where he actually wore dirt bike pants. Made it look fashionable, I found. So check that out. I don't know anyone else who's died. I've got a small list here. This cannot be the complete list because uh, there's been way more deaths than this. But um, my the people my son the people the the person (laughs) that my the people think my son is named after who is not. David Crosby died. Yes. Oh, that's right. We haven't talked about that. Yeah, people that's, always ask me. My one. son's first name is Crosby, and they always say, are you a Bing Crosby fan or a David Crosby fan? And I say, neither. Thank you very much. I mean, I like David Crosby. It's, I didn't name my kid after him. Though, yeah. so. But that, that, was, that was a big one for sure. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, another musical legend, Jeff Beck, obviously. Yeah. Legendary guitar died. player. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big Yardbirds fan, dude. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and Beck has all of his solo work over the years. I mean, he is one of those. Uh, he may not be a household name to some people, but certainly in the musicians' world, uh, he's he's a legend. You know, he was yeah. back there with Clapton and Jimmy Page and all those guys. You know, coming up through the the network. A, so. a guitarist, guitarist, that's for sure. Exactly. Yes. So, yeah. uh, let's see. What else do I got here? Uh, Brewski, who's Bobby Hull? Oh, a hockey player. His his son is Brett Hull. Bobby Hill played for the Chicago Blackhawks for a long time. Um, so yeah, he, yeah. The the picture he's got no front teeth, so I was just assuming he must well, be a hockey player. <laughs> well, yeah, the, yeah, and also More he played he played back when they didn't when they didn't wear helmets on the ice either. Ah, but it was a man's game. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't he didn't play so far back to the point where goalies didn't even wear masks. Yeah, that's hardcore right there. <laughs> that's real hardcore, dude. I can't imagine. Uh, how about Sal Bando? Bando. Yes, he played for the Oakland A's, a shortstop, infielder, light hitting guy, but uh, was uh, instrumental in those in those seventies A's teams. Mm-hmm. How about uh, Billy Packer? 
Yeah, college basketball onions. <laughs> he he was a uh, college basketball commentator and a fixture on the NCAA uh, coverage on CBS for yeah. my whole life. Yeah, I was gonna say probably most well known as being the uh, the announcer commentator guy. Yeah. When you ask those questions, dude, from here on out, I think we need to address Brewski in these segments like he's Alexa, so we, <laughs> we can just ask him, Brewski, who is so and so, and then hey, let him spit yeah. the facts out. Okay, right. <laughs> let's try it. Uh, hey, Brewski, who's Jay Briscoe? Oh, uh, that's um. He's a professional wrestler, actually. It was uh, slow Jamie. internet, but it worked. Right. No. Sometimes Siri delays too. Uh, he was. He died in a car accident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, hey, Brewski, who's Adam Rich? And I don't know if you're going to know this one because I don't know. Of course you. I do. He was Nicholas Bradford on Eight Is Enough. Oh. Tremendous play by Brewski. Damn. You see, Brewski, Siri, Alexa. They really. I was actually play. in. Co- I was chatting with Adam Rich on Twitter. Um, <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> I'm sorry for your loss, Brewski. No, wait, no, no, wait, 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 wait. This, so, but, but Steve, Steve knows about this because I mentioned him to Steve because I was going to try and get him to come on the show. Oh, that's and, right. Yes. And Steve, Steve was like, "Well, if we can hear all the drug stories and everything, yeah, that'd be great," and that sort of thing. That's right. That's funny. Well, I guess yeah. we missed that interview, James. So. Actually, his initial comment was, "Who the fuck is that?" Right. And then when he found out, it was that cute little boy from is enough right yeah we had yep. big problems mm, let's see uh here's a weird one uh hey brewski who's lance Kerwin? lance Kerwin, james at 15 great tv show from the 70s <laughs> oh, yeah. that wow. was filmed here that was set here in boston and uh and there was a big scandal quote unquote when uh james the his character lost his virginity to um a swedish exchange student because they thought that <laughs> how could you talk about that kind of thing on tv this is 1976 1977 you know hey bruce i hope this isn't too soon for me to say but i love you <laughs> <laughs> listen the uh audience that's not watching the podcast should know that uh Bruski's head is smoking like uh cannot cross anymore <laughs> <laughs> this is fun we're putting you on the spot your pop culture knowledge never fails uh hey brewski who's lisa loring we just talked about that wednesday Adams. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right sorry <laughs> I, I i got a leg on my end here sorry oh okay uh let's see uh hey brewski who's cj harris <laughs> wow that's a, you got me on that one okay i have no idea who he is either okay uh he's got oh, a picture of the american Nick and idol Steve. Yeah, on the American Idol set. I don't know if he was a, he must have been a musician. Of must something. have been an idol, dude. Now you know who he is. All right. Uh, and then I think this is the last one on this short list I have here. Uh, hey, Bruski, who's Lola Chantrell Mitchell? No, it's, no, no, no clue. It sounds like a, a music artist from, from these days. I, I don't know. I mean, she, yeah, uh, let's see here. Uh, oh. Gangsta Boo influential Memphis rapper of three, uh, of the three six mafia. That's all. Well, oh, okay. that's a bigger okay. one than we know, dude. Yeah, yeah Three Six Mafia is big, Huge. but I, yeah. I don't know her though. And C.J. Harris is indeed a former American Idol contestant. I don't know. Yeah. I stopped watching that show a long time ago. So yeah, uh, that's the that's the. Li- I know there's more because I've seen oh. it in the news, but that's that's what I got for you at this moment. That yeah. was good, dude. It was good. Thank you for bringing some. Up. <laughs> I didn't even bring you as always. Brewski, you have the rest of the night off. (laughs) We we, we want to ask you one more thing. Yeah, go recharge. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, fellers. Well, that does it for episode number 20. 23. 3? Yeah, 23. 23. 23. Yep. I'm pretty sure. 
Yeah, it's 23. It's 23. Yeah. See us online at the You can get all our uh, socials there. You can contact us through the website. And as per usual, we appreciate you listening. Absolutely. Yep. Find us online. And please, for the love of freaking God, spread the good word, especially this guy in Wichita, just listening to everything we're doing. Can you please tell us who you are already? Out of sight. Exactly. All right. Yep. VocalMinority.net. Champions, until next week. Mm-hmm. Peace. Peace. This is the Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve.